The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC, a member of the Belly of Sports Media Network. I did, I did I say my name? I don't know. My name is Hector Flores, obviously the host of the show. I think I probably <laughs> already introduced myself, but it's it's I don't know. It's it, I, it's I, Monday. I, it's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. Well, we're recording this on Monday. Obviously, this episode drops on Friday. But joining yeah. me as always, uh, back to back nights now. <laughs> the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, man. So another episode. This is a a pretty big episode because obviously next week, this coming weekend, uh, Liga and La Liga and the English Premier League all kick off. So obviously that's going to be the big thing about this. The big one for this episode is we're going to be previewing the, those leagues for you guys. Um. We do have our transfer talks because a lot of things are going on in transfers. Things are are making are shaking things up right now, to for sure. Like I said, uh, we're gonna have a debate uh, debate topic. It's about the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I'm sure it's gonna be very very funny to to see what what we think about that. Um, oh man! Uh, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna preview League Un. La Liga and the English Premier League, since they're going to be kicking off this weekend, um, announce our players of the week, and then give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. And then get the like we always do when the new season kick off is we do our three up, three down, and the topic is obviously the jerseys. So we're going to kick it off with League Un, um, and then obviously we'll keep going all the way till we get to the English Premier League, and so so a lot to be. Lots to be said. Um, I'm going to try my best to not be distracted um, because obviously it is Mon- we're recording this on Monday and the Houston Dynamo are playing Charlotte FC in their knockout game in League's Cup. And there's a lot going in stake into this one because the winner of this League's Cup match uh, will go face Inter Miami, who, my God, what a that was. There's two sides. Big turnaround. There's two sides about that FC Dallas Inter Miami game. One um, defense is no is not is not exist was not existing in that game. <laughs> yep, that's that's for sure. Um, and two, just just good God, Messi. Messi's so good; he's got the opposing team even wanting to score goals for him. So I, I mean, <laughs> it's just like holy hell. <laughs> Like, that's, I mean, that's, like that's there was nothing. like Farfan, the the player that 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 uh that scored the own goal, that yeah. looked like a direct header, like as if like, I think at that moment he was just thinking about like his childhood, 
you know, like when we're younger, we're all like pretending we, we just threw the, the game winning strikeouts win the World Series or the game winning Hail Mary pass to win the Super Bowl. This guy literally was like, I used to pretend Messi would pass me the ball to score the game winning header. And I forgot that he was playing against Messi. Um, I think that just sums it up. I, I, at least, it look, dude, did you not see how he directed that ball when he headed it? Yeah, but I mean, he was probably he probably thought he was on the other side of the field. Yeah, like that. Was like, he, I see the goal. I see the goal. I'm going like, for it. Messi gave me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Messi like, gives yeah, the ball to Farfan. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, I have that... completed. My my what is it called? My my FIFA manager mode career over here. Wait, oh oh oh, this isn't supposed to happen. Oh, menu 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 restart. <laughs> oh man, oh, yeah, that was bad for him. But in this yeah. episode as well, we do have a a special interview that we're going to be having in this episode. We we have Jose Diaz of Gold TV. Gold TV is a really really cool. A service that's going to be providing soccer content to the masses. It's a, uh, it's really cool what they're building over there. So we're actually brought him over to to tell us a little bit about himself, his obviously his his soccer life, and of course what what is Goals TV. So you guys can be a little bit more familiar with a huge amount announcement at the end of that interview. So be excited for that. Um, but. Aside from that, I don't think there's really much else to say or besides just getting into this episode, right? Yep. All right, so oh, no, go ahead and finish off. No, I mean, that's it. I mean, oh, yeah, that's it. You're right. <laughs> okay. I just took a deep breath because, I mean, I just had dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 get you. I get you for that. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get right into our interview with Jose Diaz, and then after that, we'll go right into Transfer Talk. Let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com, to read some great articles from great writers all across the country, from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average, website. All right, guys, we have a very special guest with us. He is the founder and creator of Goals TV. None other than Jose Tejas. Is it Tejas? It's Tejas, bro. Thanks All for right. having me, Hector. I appreciate it, man. No problem, man. Um, really cool what you're doing. We're going to definitely talk about Goals TV. It's obviously the, a, a big chunk of this episode is going to be a huge announcement that's going to come later at near the end of this interview. But um, like we always do with every single guest, man, the first question we always ask is, what was that moment that got you into soccer? Oh, man. Um, I mean, if you don't mind me telling stories real quick, I think... Um, the moment I got into soccer. So first off, man, for anybody who there, there's probably not too many out there like me, um, at least maybe on this side of the world. But bro, I was I was almost inducted into this sport upon birth, right? I mean, so my family generationally, uh, massive FC Barcelona fans. Um, there's we're Mexican, we're not Spanish, but like my dad, um, just constantly followed La Liga and when it comes to European football or soccer, however you see it, that was always his club, his team. My grandparents are the same way. Um, so when I came, when I, when I was born, as far as, as early and far back as I can remember, that's that was my love. That's what I knew. Uh, those are the first professional matches I ever watched. And then I kind of discovered everything else the sport has to offer from there, if that really makes sense. Right. So 
from there, you know, my love for clubs like Arsenal in the Premier League or even here in MLS, right, Major League Soccer. Um, growing up in Dallas, even though I was born in Chicago, I, I was only there for, you know, a, a short time in my childhood and I spent most of my time in Dallas. Um, I, I just the local team man, FC Dallas, it was it was local. It was nearby. It was in fact, it was um, it was so local to me that like it was the only thing I could use to compare to to clubs that that I knew overseas, and so I kind of made it a, a mission of mine when I was a kid. Like, hey, I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go try and play for for one of these academies, one of these clubs. And FC Dallas at the time <clears throat> was Dallas Burn. This was like ninety eight, ninety nine, right? So before oh. the switch to, to FC Dallas in 03. Um, hopefully, I don't age myself too much there. But at the end of the day, bro, they used to play games at the Cotton Bowl. It wasn't that far of a drive for me and my parents. The games were dirt cheap. I would just go watch and told myself that one day this was going to be my path to, to to try and play pro someday. And uh, fast forward to when I was was kind of in high school, 05 to 09. Um, by then they had rebranded to FC Dallas. By then they, you know, they were they were moved a little further up north into Frisco. And more importantly, they had an academy by then. Academies weren't really around when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. so um, you know, I, I I kind of was able to realize that dream a little bit playing in that youth system, but um, but yeah, man, that's the earliest memory that I have supporting European soccer or football and uh, my family caring, like introducing me to this game in a massive way, man. I, I would say on my dad's side, at least, you know, we're all pretty diehard fans. Yeah, I think that's like one of the misconceptions with like American soccer is that people forget that like there's other cultures that live in the United States. And like, it's not just Americans. Um, there is the Latin community, the African, uh, also the African communities and so much more and like where countries and cultures that where soccer is the dominant sport. I mean, I, I, I say the same thing, you know, I, I grew up with from a Salvadoran family. So we were Brazilian fans because, you know, El Salvador sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're getting better. They're getting better. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we like kind of like me and Edward as well. Both of us are Salvadoran Americans. We grew up on Brazil and that's kind of where we fell and fell in love with the game. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Family has a huge influence. Like, and funny enough, you mentioned Texas, you know, also I'm from Texas where the other football is king here. And it's like a lot of those kids, you know, uh, as soon as they can walk, they get put on a, a pair a helmet and a pair of shoulder pads. Whereas if you went to the other other neighborhood, we were getting strapped on with some with some cleats and some shin guards uh, and getting yeah. ready for getting into the Sunday league culture. So, I mean, it's, it's weirdly the same. I think this is just like one of those parts where, like, I guess outside of america doesn't know about that there are cultures that do have a passion for the game but you know you talked about the mls academy uh and and you you know 0509 that's usually kind of like definitely the the early years of the academies a lot of maybe setbacks maybe some, some things that they weren't sure about but how how early were you when you got into fc dallas's academy yeah man um i was ooh, this must have been but junior year of high school. So uh, again, 32 years old. So you kind of you know, do the math a little bit there. Junior year of high school, um, FC Dallas was one of four clubs in Texas that was selected or in the North Texas area selected at the time to have an academy. Um, and there weren't nearly as many prominent, you know, soccer clubs at that time. When I say prominent, meaning like most clubs in and around North Texas area had like a one-off team, you know, I, I had been with another very, very small club before I joined FC Dallas, where I think we had four teams in four different age groups. That was like a decent sized club back then. Um, now, right, any any person could start up a, a club with, 
you know, a handful of coaches, bring a few different teams in. And, and it's it's not that it wouldn't be difficult. It would be a little difficult, right? But it's easier than it used to be. Um, and so back then, you know, I uh, I came in at a time where academies were really a new thing. All kids knew back then, bro, is that we wanted to try out. Like, mm-hmm. We knew so back then in North Texas, the, the highest level of play you could really get into was called Classic League. There was Division One and Division Two. That was really it. Um, you know, I, I played at, at, in both divisions. And oddly enough, while America doesn't have promotion relegation, there was promo pro rel in that league. So they added a Division Three right before the academy came along. So, you know, if you were in one of the bottom two spots or the top two spots, we were talking about pro rel at some point throughout the season. Um, and so it was the closest thing I knew to football. I was massively passionate about it. And then when they announced that there were going to be tryouts, it was crazy. At the time, all of these players from clubs, so whether you were a kid playing for Solar or a cat or, or Andromeda or the Texans or like whoever it may have been, you know, I think OGs will remember those names. Yeah, um, I, I'm very familiar with those names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, like, like you know, we, we all of us still, even though we, we played against each other week in and week out, it's not too far and away from what the pros do with now we all kind of knew each other, you know, we didn't all go to school together or anything, but we all kind of knew each other. And, you know, we would talk and when the off season came around, maybe we, we tried to to poach, you know, certain players or get them to come over to our clubs. That's just kind of how it worked. So when the tryouts, the academies came, uh, the biggest one by far, the most attractive, I should say was FC Dallas. Um, biggest reason why was because the name brand, of course, but then on top of that, they were also because they had a pro team attached to them they were also um, covering like a good amount of the expenses. Some most uh, other academies just weren't able to cover what FC Dallas could. Um, so it was easily the most competitive tryout. Um, I ended up trying out with two or three of the four here in North Texas. Did not try out with Andromeda. Um, and I basically made it onto every roster um, and kind of had some to, I guess, somewhat choose from. I wasn't like a guaranteed starter or anything, but I was one of 20 to 30 players that was chosen for for most of the um academy i was just playing a numbers game bro to be honest mm-hmm. like i was like hey you know what i'm gonna <laughs> i'll try out for for as many as i possibly can the ones that i like the coaching staff with and we'll just see what happens my dad thought that was pretty smart too so we um when we made the fc dallas one though um i didn't really know what to expect and i was making it with guys like i think the you know the london woodberries of the world the bradley baladezes of the world the ones that, that that probably stand out the most right now are the funes mori twins they mm-hmm. they also came up in that academy um so rogelio and ramiro um you know one at the time a center midfielder the other one a striker now um i don't even know if ramiro still plays anymore but he's featured in copa america with argentina and that back line um uh, playing with guys like messi and cunaguero and those guys and then you have funes mori now with monterey right um, and getting called up to the mexican national team you know, I get it. He that's, couldn't that's make it. That's not controversial in any way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Ar- in Argentine, you know, playing for Mexico. Um, and and biggest reason why was because at the end of the day, these these were dudes that right before senior year, they left. River Plate called them back. Um, mm-hmm. so they were playing in our academy. We were easily one of the best in the country, and then um, they take two of our our top talents because they were ready to go pro. And so, but you know. From Rogelio's standpoint, um, the striker, right? I mean, making it into an Argentina roster with the strikers and attackers they have at their disposal. I mean, I don't blame him to an extent, right? It's like mm-hmm. when he moved to Mexico to go play Liga Mekis, I mean, bro, more more power to you, right? If you mm-hmm. can get naturalized as a citizen and go play for Mexico, I guess why not? So, you know, he took that path. But I played with a lot of those guys. And, man, back then, we I don't think we were really thinking about um, 
pro implica- implications per se. I would say like a lot of us, the goal was to go play college. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was. Um, a lot of us was go play D1 or D2. And for reference, I played D2 college ball. That was kind of where I fit in. A lot of the guys I play with played D1 um, because we at the end of the day, we were national finalists and, in the academy back then. So the academy has its own respective league nationwide. Um, and back then, bro, I had no no social life. Um, the academies played every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, most of the time on the road. Sometimes you play here and we would train four days a week. Mm-hmm. So Monday through Thursday. Um, and we would train with the first team pro team with FC Dallas, um, like once every couple of weeks, like, you know, training against guys like Kenny Cooper, for example, you know, or, or Oscar Pareja when he was still coaching that team. So it was, it was really cool. And at first it was like, wow, I'm, I'm training against, you know, some of FC Dallas pros, but at the same time, like you mentioned before, right. In Texas, where the other football reigns supreme, it, it's easy for that to kind of get dumbed down over time, right. It's easy to feel like. Oh, uh, well, um, you know, a lot of people don't even know who these guys are, right? A lot of people don't know who these FC Dallas pros are. I mean, they're cool to me, but once that shine kind of wears off a little bit, uh, you know, you just know that you want to be at that level someday um, and you're training hard against those guys. How that scaled into where the academy is today, man, because I've had a younger brother who's also kind of gone through some of the academy stuff as well. Um, it feels much more like a business, man. It really does. Um, it feels much more like these players have, bigger horizons that they're going after right bigger dreams i think college is kind of the minimum for a lot of those guys right now because back then you know the the pipe the the, the pipeline the pro or the path to pro not that it didn't exist it was just for a very very select few mm-hmm. um and and now i feel like and back then keep in mind right no one was looking at americans the way they look at them now like back yeah. then it's not like if we didn't get called by, by an mls team that we were going to go find a contract somewhere else. I mean, back then America and soccer just didn't go together. Like it just really wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. So there weren't a ton of options, right? College really was the solution for so many of us. Um, and and now, right. I think college is the minimum. They want to get a full ride or want to get some sort of scholarship money to go anywhere from D1 to D3 or even JUCO. And then if you're one of the great ones, we can talk about a pro contract, not just here in the States, but abroad. And and I say business at the end of the day with all of this, because I mean, honestly, bro, U S soccer makes so much off of these academies now, um, you know, and, and the level of competition that they all fall into that, man, I can't even tell you how big youth soccer is here in the States versus what it used to be. So, you know, um, kudos to them. I think I was just maybe born at the wrong time. Who knows, bro. But at the end of the day, uh, I enjoyed my time in the youth system with SE Dallas in the Academy. Wouldn't trade it for anything. It got me to college because I'll be honest, bro, my grades weren't that great. Soccer really kind of was the answer for me. Um, I think a lot of people who kind of came up with me in that 2008, 2009 age group would, you know, in terms of being a junior or senior year in high school, getting ready to go to school, I think they would probably agree. No, I agree. I, uh, especially, you know, as for my little short time working with the Houston Dynamo Academy, like it, it one, I I didn't really know much about the Academy just because like, you hear all the stories, the horror stories about the MLS academies with the whole pay to play, which isn't necessarily fully true that like not everybody is essentially paying, you know, their scholarship opportunities with the MLS academies. But uh, but there's still I think now there's it's grown a lot more. And the, obviously, MLS is making it a bigger initiative now that you have MLS next, MLS next pro kind of being that career path now for for a lot of these guys. But uh, but, you know, like you said, though, the minimum now is to go to college especially now where you, uh, you see the emphasis on U17 and U19s, whereas it's like, it's either, you know, 
you get off the pot or, or, you know, you yeah. know at that point. And <laughs> exactly. so, but it, you know, like I've seen like, like FC Dallas, they have this goalkeeper, this goalkeeper. Now I think, I believe he's actually now going to be with North Texas SC now, but, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, that first time I saw him, I was like, I need, I need to see a birth certificate. There's no way in hell this guy, <laughs> this guy is not 16 years old. <laughs> and, and, and the thing, Hector, about, about FC Dallas too, right? I, I think I got lucky, bro, in all honesty. I think with, with and I say lucky meaning the, the academy that I fell into. I happened to be growing up in the North Texas area, and FC Dallas happened to be a, a very sophisticated system, man. Um, you know, Chris Hayden, who I still believe runs the academy system and the youth development system for FC Dallas, is still there. Even though guys like Oscar Pareja and Luchi Gonzalez have moved on, um, Chris Hayden still kind of runs the show and his pedigree speaks for itself. I didn't realize it as a kid, um, but my own parents were very adamant about working with at least under his umbrella as a player. And it was because he just knew how to develop talent and how important the youth talent was to making a, cl- a professional club and a newer professional league sustainable. That's a big thing, right? Is that MLS? You know, there isn't uh, a lot of these clubs that maybe, you know, as a Dynamo fan, too, I think, you know, a, a lot a lot of clubs out there would love to mimic the model that Estados put in place where we're not going out and spending a ton on these international transfers and bring them to the league through the lens of FC Dallas. If we do make one of those signings, it's probably a more um, low risk kind of, you know, high reward type of signing. Um you know, someone who's maybe aged a little bit more, has a lot of experience and can work with our youth because that end, end, ends up being now our identity. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we like to produce a lot of homegrown talent. We want a lot of our youth to make their way into the first team. Um, I would say the youth system for FC Dallas probably funds a lot of what FC Dallas is able to do at the higher level. I think at the end of the day, it sets the foundation and the groundwork. And uh, and it a lot. And, and while FC Dallas has not won MLS Cup, you know we've won two U.S. Open Cups. Um, but I would say consistently winning season after winning season, constantly in the playoffs, and more importantly, don't have to rely on the transfer market to go out there and do business. There's so much talent that's coming up uh, in the youth system, and because it started with the 08s, the 09s, the 2010s, um, setting the foundation back then. Like those those academy teams, it's honestly. Probably my 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 year excluded. I think the year before us and the two years after us, we won nationals every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that be, that that's and now it's it's called whatever, right? Um, but that's that really was because of all the work that Chris Hayden and his coaching staff all kind of put into making sure that our academy was top notch. And now it is probably one of the most respected academies um, in Major League Soccer. I mean, when you look at that U.S. Men's National Team roster, a lot of those guys do come through the FC Dallas system. I mean, Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia is kind of one of those teams that you mentioned that, like, they see what FC Dallas is doing. Like, well, we got to get in on this. And you're starting to see more MLS academies kind of put a little bit more emphasis on it. But I think it's still like a kind of like an unknown realm that they still don't know how to approach it. Um, But like, obviously, FC Dallas, I mean, Ferreira and and Pepe have like two brothers that are about to get called up pretty soon, I believe. Uh, But but yeah, like you, the, but like I said, going back to it, there's a lot of there's a lot of positive with the academies, but obviously there's some controversy right now with the academy, specifically currently in Missouri, I believe, where there's a sporting Kansas City, the protected list. I don't know if the protected list was something that happened while you were in the academies, but it's something that I'm familiar with because uh, one of the coaches decided to explain to me as to why are we looking at a guy from Chicago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I, I, look, it wasn't around whenever I was playing because back then, I mean, they were still trying to get players in. You know what I mean? Like the academies weren't so big yet that, um, you know, they just had a funnel of players to kind of choose from if somebody fell out. There were still plenty of teams who had to go out there and do their own recruitment season after season, the way they approached, you know, uh, youth club soccer before the academies came into play. So, um, you know, we were still kind of operating the same way. The only major difference in our day to day was that we train more often. Um, and from FC Dallas's perspective, we got to train with the first team. But I think the protections that they put in place since then have stemmed from the Wild West days of the academy, which I would say I kind of grew up in, uh, where, man, I mean, if, if poaching was a problem with youth club soccer prior to the academies existing, it probably went to another level when academies were introduced. And yeah, man, I mean, th those questions are very valid. Why is someone from missouri or anywhere else in the midwest going up to chicago to to take a look at town take a look at players why are you not doing this in your own backyard especially you talk about sporting kansas city especially uh, a team that likes to or a city that likes to represent itself as as one of the capitals of soccer in this country um you know same thing as kind of st louis i think that they're probably respectively fighting for that title a little bit so you know i i don't know i, I think that they, they are good things some will argue that there's some politics involved with some of those protections that are in place now at the end of the day, I think it's just to make sure that every academy, at least locally, has the same respective chances of being successful, right? You don't have to worry about someone in a giant market coming in and taking players from you um, because you can't in any way, shape, or form compete with not what the club can offer, but maybe what the local surroundings of the city can offer. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think my only my only gripe with that one was because the, the player made it clear that he wasn't interested in going to Kansas City. And then didn't obviously it wasn't something that they were told that he was on the protected list for Kansas City, which I believe, aside from the academy as a whole, you have like nine additional spots to add into it. And so um, I guess they threw him in there knowing that he was not, a, I think, more of a tactic as to like make sure that they never have to face this kid in any scenario unless it's a friendly. Uh, exactly. And so, you know, that's like the dirty tactics of it all. But I, I understand the value of maybe you couldn't. You just couldn't get this kid because your your academy's too full. Like I get that that concept, but like when the kid just made it blatantly clear, and, and for instance, the the player from Chicago, uh, his I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but his name is Adrian. He he plays for Croatian's uh, youth national teams. Yeah, uh, really good, solid. Like dude's just built like a brick house. Uh, but the reason why Chicago never put him on the protected list is because this guy is indecisive as fuck, which is scary to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a goalkeeper <laughs> but, yeah yeah but, i hear that and, and, and you know it's crazy with the protections too is that like i mean there were weird ones back then when i played um and you know for example I, and, and this is i think to protect assets more than it is to protect um you know yourself from having to worry about a player in the future um uh, but like, like in this scenario but from our perspective we had there's a guy that we i grew up playing with that was in russia's u17 national team mm -hmm. uh and saint dalibor I, I can't remember his last name the kid was insane but 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 you know, when you get those types of players coming through your academy, you want to protect those investments that you're making into them, right? You're, you're you're paying for them to come out multiple times a week to train. You're giving them all the facilities. You want to make sure they're available week in and week out. And back then, you know, they weren't, they, I don't know if this is still in place. Uh, I'm sure it is, but I'm sure that it's not anywhere near as controversial today as it was back then. But, you know, we weren't allowed to really play any other sport or any other form of competitive soccer anywhere. Um, could not like if they found out we were playing, you know, back then 
the the high school leagues were you know the world cup for us essentially like i wanted to win a state title there were so many of, of us especially in texas in texas i wanted to win a state title um because you know it's so competitive here with the number two state or number two market in the country for youth soccer i wanted to prove that we were the best and if they found out we were playing high school ball you know we we're going to kick, get kicked out um and there were so many of us who just didn't it's, it's it's sad to say we just didn't care um i was gonna play like i was gonna give up my junior senior year of potentially getting a ring so that i could just you know appease some coach i thought the rule was ridiculous i get it now as an adult um why they were doing that um but now the protections have scaled to a point where i mean yeah man like, like i mentioned before the top of this whole segment it, it feels way more like a business than it used to no yeah uh they it depends i think it depends for that one i think it just depends on the on the on what the on the director academy director what what he wants to do yeah because um, like for the dynamo i know that he he allowed a lot of the guys to do track and field but obviously i don't think he wants them to be anywhere near a football field but exactly <laughs> so i think there was like give or take kind of things uh but yeah the so the academy clearly has evolved and now you have like a, a next like a this more i guess organized league in some sense now you have generation adidas cup yeah uh, so there's definitely a lot more opportunity now in the in the academy system and now there's that maybe you're not ready to be a pro yet but you're clearly your time with the academy has definitely passed and now you have mls next pro now that kind of helps out depending on how the club wants to use that mls next pro team because i know some of them like to also use that as like a rehab period for some of their players sure uh but but obviously you know that wasn't available for you so you you end up going to college correct I did. I did. Yeah, man. And look, I think even, you know, and, and I, I can't stress enough how great MLS Next Pro really is, man. For anybody who's coming up, you know, in, in in this sport as a youth player now, having that option is massive. Not not just for the fact that it, it makes it feel like you have a bridge between when your academy days are done and like what the next step really is for you as a player. But even past that, I think for awareness, for visibility, for growing the sport at a grassroots level, all of those things. But as a player, man, it with, with Calling it Academy didn't just mean that it was going to be more attractive to any type of fan in the Metroplex here in DFW. The only people coming to watch our games were the parents. That's it. I mean, there was no change between mm -hmm. youth soccer and the Academy. You would have scouts coming, of course, right? A, a few more than usual, especially at the collegiate level. Um, but you that was really kind of it. And you could always tell who those guys were. But it was it was nothing but parents on the sideline. Um, the games are always, um, you know, competitive as hell. Don't get me wrong. And we had some of the best facilities available, but those were the only major differences, only major upgrades in terms of what made our experience feel a little more professional. But yeah, man, to answer your question, I, um, I went the college route. I only played about a couple of years. Uh, I stayed in state for a number of reasons. Um, the, the biggest ones were that I kind of, at that time, just had to be a little closer to my family for things that were going on on a personal level. Um, but with Texas, there's no shortage of options, right. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of playing college ball. And I think back then, you know, so I mean, probably even now, I think players have, um, they, they, they have this longing for, or, or a desire to play for a big recognized name brand in terms of a school, in terms of a college, um, that's still very much a thing to, to this day. I wasn't wired so much like that, like. For me, just going to college was wild because I'm a first-generation college student. Like I was just like, you know what, man, as long as I'm going and, and doing this and not having to go into a crazy amount of debt to do it, I'm I'm game. I want to do this. No one's ever done it in my family. Um, that's all that I really cared about. So I ended up going D2. I could have gone 
let's say, I don't know, I don't want to say as far as like SMU, because SMU is still very much a top college team in the country. Um, but, you know, SMU is looking at, at a few of my teammates. They're looking at me as well. But I, they already let me know point blank that I, there was no way a full ride was possible, that I was going to have to pay a good amount, even with the scholarship that I would be getting. There's no way that I could have afforded that. And so I ended up opting for Midwestern State University here in Wichita Falls. Um, D2 school, a top D2 school, I would say probably top 10 in the country for soccer. Um, small town in Wichita Falls, at, at least it feels that way. Um, and, you know, my my only focus was really that, bro. It, it was great. I loved it for a year and a half. I kept constantly getting injured. And so uh, after a couple of years, you know, I lost a little bit of my passion to play just because of how many injuries I had really had to, to kind of go through and sustain and ended up opting to to just finish my degree and go down the business path. Okay. Um, all right. So you kind of answered the question. I was Cause I, I know a lot of former players, like they usually have that moment where they got to decide, like, is this, is this the path that they want to continue going? Is this the grind that they want to do? But you kind of answered you, you're just kind yeah. of. Yeah, bro. I mean, like, I really wanted to. I'll put it that way. I, I really wanted to. Um, like I, I always say that I, I've had like different quote unquote seasons of my life. Um, and I, I remember the day that competitive soccer wasn't going to be there for me anymore. I, I remember like it was yesterday. I was visibly, very visibly upset. Um I actually had to go home for like a week or two, kind of take it off of classes for a bit. I just didn't know what to do with myself anymore. I didn't know if I wanted to go to school anymore. Like if soccer was no longer in the equation, I really had to take, like take some time and think on it. Um, and I was, I would say like, like slightly depressed at the time because soccer was my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then when I, when I kind of, you know, just made the decision and realized that one college was not over, that I could still go out and get my degree. Uh, my grades were good enough where I didn't have to be reliant upon my soccer skills to get me, financial aid to keep going to school and so um i just decided like hey you know what the biggest change in my life now is that i won't you know at two or three o'clock every afternoon i won't have to go die in texas heat for three hours playing ball um i'll you know i'll do what i want to do and so um yeah man i i didn't know it was going to be business right away um i kind of was still figuring out what i wanted to do with my with a potential degree and um but all i knew at the time was that the only reason I was at Midwestern State University was because of soccer. It was the only reason I was there. So I had to leave. I had to transfer away. I had to figure out where I wanted to go, what I wanted to be. Um, and uh, I transferred away. I moved to Denton, Texas, went to University of North Texas for my final two years in school, pursued business um, because it just it seemed like at some point down the road, I was going to have to understand how a business works. Um, and fast forward to where I am today, man. I mean, it ended up being the perfect transition for me. All right. So now kind of fast forward now we're, you know, we're now in the, in the recent, in the currently now and uh, goals TV. So where, where, where did that moment like spark for you? Like, what was it? uh, What was that inspiration for you? Were you doing anything before goals TV? Like that was kind of close to what you do now. Um, Kind of, I would say, you know, so not, not to go down a, a huge, you know, history lesson, but, or remember we're laying too far, but when I left school, when I graduated, um, I was recruited into Amazon corporate immediately. So I was based in Dallas, right? This is like 2015, 2016. Spent a couple of years here working out of a satellite office. And then I moved to Seattle um, for six years. So for six years, I was out there learning how to build products, services, businesses in the age of the internet. Uh, And I would say I caught the startup bug probably 2018, 2019, when the creator economy really started to kind of boom. I noticed 
And, and I'm a big gamer at heart. So um, I was noticing gaming creators kind of popping up and the gaming space started to become really big and almost feeling like more like an entertainment space than anything else. And so um, uh, I left Amazon 2019. I pursued the gaming industry full time, um, you know, started kind of work, you know, working on startup projects, things like that. Fast forward into COVID because COVID was 2019, 2020. Bro, I think like many of us who are soccer fans in this country, I was consuming Dude, I mean, I was already, I mean, as a fan, locked in, right? To all, to Europe's top five leagues, at least for the most part, Major League Soccer and Liga Mekis, at least every now and then, right? My dad's a big, don't hate on me for this. My dad's a big America fan. Um, I say don't hate on me for this because, like, I know America fans get a lot of shit in general. But, uh, you know, I think... <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to say this. If you guys haven't won anything, it's because of me because I keep cursing. I keep... Uh, for you guys. <laughs> I'm not a big America... I'm, me, personally, I'm not a big Lee Mackey's fan in general. It's just... Uh, it's not, I, I watch it, you know, when I have the time for it. Like, you know, late at night on a Saturday, all the games are done. There's there's more to watch. Cool. I'll check it out. But when COVID hit, my levels of consumption, like, 2 or 3x. You know what I mean? Like, I was just consuming content everywhere. And... You know, e- even before COVID started, I was already at a point where I wasn't watching any really movies or television shows. I didn't have any of the traditional apps like Hulu or Netflix. My wife did. I, I was on Twitch and YouTube all day, every day, right? So when-, when live matches weren't on, that's what I was doing. And when COVID hit, there was nothing to do. So I was just going down internet rabbit holes. I was, you know, looking up, you know, the politics and how uh, of African football and how they've impacted the continent over time. I was into Asian football stories. I was I was really just trying to get deeper than I'd ever been with as a fan. And it's really at that moment, I would say probably 2021, uh, where I realized that like, man, and this is probably as we're starting to come out of COVID a little bit, I was going to certain bars in the Seattle area, soccer bars to go watch games early morning with a couple friends. And, you know, I, I kind of realized, I was like, man, um, I'm not being fed the same level of content that I once was. YouTube was kind of dropping the ball for me a little bit. Like it just, I, I wasn't getting the same type of recommendations. My searches weren't producing the results that I really wanted to. I, I was thirsty for more content, but I just wasn't getting fed the right way. And so uh, I, I would talk about my buddies all the time. This is kind of our tradition. We would go to the, you know, to the bars on, on the weekends and go watch the games. And I realized that, man, I don't have any of these other streaming apps like Netflix or or Hulu or anything else, but how great would it be if there was an app like that? That was nothing but soccer content. That's it. That's all that I want. I don't care about these, this other stuff, these other TV shows or movies. Like I want to listen to or watch as many stories as possible around this game. Cause I know this game is big everywhere. And so, um, you know, I started searching and searching. The only thing I could really find um, at the time I heard FIFA was working on something. That's all that I heard. There were like rumors that FIFA, the the governing body, was working oh, on the, their the FIFA streaming service that never exactly came it came to be FIFA Plus, what everybody knows it for. But even FIFA Plus, I mean, it's 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 not specific to anybody. Like they they tell stories from you know various parts of the world, and that's pretty cool. But I can find a good amount of similar content on on YouTube. I think um I think what it was at the time too was that Major League Soccer was still so new. It still is so new. That we, you know, we don't have that many stories to tell. There weren't a lot of people at the time creating a ton of that content yet. And so I was like, you know what, man? Um, how cool would it be if this existed? I'm talking to my friends at the time. How cool would this be 
And like, yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't really picture it because I don't have anything in front of me. Like, why don't you go out and try to, I don't know, try to make this thing. And at the time, and I was, I was deep into startups. I was, I loved building things. I loved solving problems. And so, uh, and I still very much do. So I thought, you know what, man, cool. Let me just see if I could prove this concept out. So right before the 2022 World Cup, right? We fast forward a year now. So I, 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 like six to nine months, I just sat on the idea. I didn't even like pursue it. I was just like, you know what? I'm busy with stuff right now. I'll get to it when I get to it. Fast forward to the summer before the World Cup, I started trying to think about how I could actually build this thing out. Uh, I found, you know, some tech out there that I could use to stream the content. I found like six or seven different creators that all covered different areas, right? One was a podcast, one was a match day vlog, one was like a trading cards guy, et cetera, et cetera. We had a few of them. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and just bring them all to a website, you know, uh, bring their content to that platform, turn it on. And just see what happens, not really kind of market it or do any paid promotions or anything, just put it on the internet, try to promote it through my own Twitter and see what happens. And, you know, I would say at that time, so we went live the same month that the World Cup hit. I thought it was going to be a cool story to tell some, you know, way down in the future. It wasn't, man, honestly, it was the most stressful time of my life because I was also trying to watch as many games as I could and create content for myself and things like that. But ultimately... Uh, when we went live, there was enough, I think, potential with what we saw. People just naturally stumbling across, you know, the platform while while searching for other content that I was encouraged by it, right? I was like, okay, cool. You know, maybe this could be something. So that was November, 2022. Fast forward to where we are today um, in August of 2023. You know, we have, I don't know, 70 to 80 different content creators signed to the platform We've had users from over 60 different countries discover this platform at some point in time. Uh, I would say 80% of that watch time, by the way, is American. It is tailored to the North American audience. Um, but man, we have 14 to 15 different categories of content. And what I've heard people describe it as is like a, a Netflix for soccer, right? A streaming platform that is solely dedicated to this game. And we're convinced that if you're a fan who loves match reviews that you'll also love match day vlogs if you love match day vlogs you'll also love trading card content or fantasy premier league content or whatever it may be and this game is so big you know we're pretty disappointed that america hasn't embraced this game the rest of the you know the world has essentially and we think a platform like this can change that no yeah i think if there's if there's one thing it's it's the fact that like one i think the one thing i hear every time from people that just don't watch soccer um it's just i just don't really know what the game like i don't know like who's the good you know who's good who's bad and all that stuff um obviously every world cup you always see like this like aftermath of people like kind of wanting to like research soccer go check out an mls game or something like that but obviously it eventually teeters off um and then now you're talking about the 2022 world cup happened it was huge and then now you're piling on that we're having you know now messi now plays for for major league soccer in, in inner Miami. And for some, some cringy people think that he's the captain of MLS, but you might as well say he is. Uh, <laughs> he kind of is. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know what video you're talking about too. That was, uh, that was American baby in a nutshell, if we're being honest, but yeah, um, yeah man, I mean the 2022 world cup final, we could argue, I mean, did, did it not feel like the greatest final or arguably the greatest final we've probably ever seen? It, it definitely, it's definitely up there. I think personally for me, it's not because obviously my nostalgia factor is always going to be Brazil beating Germany. Sure. Uh, having my dad wake me up at like 
goddamn three in the fucking morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just there in my underwear, just watching, watching yeah. Ronaldo score two goals. My Ronaldo, the fat Ronaldo. Yeah, R nine, uh, <laughs> uh, prime R nine. Yeah, bro. Um, no, no, I, and I think that, that that's valid. I think there's so many of those finals that we can point to in in this game's history. I think for for a for for the neutral fan though, for like someone who's who's like if what was crazy about the 2022 final was that afterward because I you know keep in mind I'm the guy in my friend group that I'm the soccer guy, right? Like like when something cool happens in the soccer world or like you mentioned, Messi comes to MLS, I'm the guy everybody comes to with questions. Hey, what is this Tam and Gam and MLS? What is uh, what are the what are people say DPS or designated players? Like what are those? Right? Like I'm I'm the guy with those answers. Um, but, and so when, when the final in 2022 happened for the world cup, it was like, uh, I had, you know, some of my friends who follow NBA or NFL religiously texting me and saying, dude, I didn't know soccer was like that. I didn't know soccer could be that exciting. Right. I didn't, who's this Mbappe guy? Like, uh, or, you know, you know, I, I can't believe Messi's doing it like this at, thir- at 30, whatever he is. I'm like, yeah, bro, you've kind of been missing out the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. This game can produce moments like this every week, depending on what league that you're following. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think about it from that perspective is like, I feel like there hasn't been a final up to this point that has brought in the casual fan like the 2022 final. No, I definitely agree with you. I think 2022 is definitely up there, especially you had everything that anybody could ever want, which is like, one, it's a high-scoring game because, you know, that's one of the complaints that everyone has about soccer that's low-scoring. <laughs> yeah. Even though, to be honest, 21 to, 21 to 35 in American football is – it's, 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 it's five to two. It's five to three. It's five to yeah, three, guys. Yeah, exactly. I think you, you, you can call it whatever you want. You can, you can you know, turn one point into seven points, sure, whatever. But at the end of the day, they're only getting in that end zone so many times a game. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but also it was just – it was an amazing World Cup. Uh, Mbappe has a hat trick. Uh, I mean, the fact that like Messi, uh, just shows his brilliance over and over again. And the, and then now it, this is where everyone's like, let's see what this, what this guy's all about, what this little guy's, what this little guy's all about. Why hasn't he won a world cup and all, all the stuff that people want to say about Messi. And then he finally does it. I, I, I always, I think the, the, the best part of that was just cause I was watching it with my mom, yeah. uh, me and my mom, we, you know, it's, it's, it's been me and her for like such a long time. And so we're watching the game. And I remember the whole time we're watching it, my mom's just like, I want Argentina to win. Not because, like, Latin pride or anything like that, but it's because she was like, I want Andres Cantor to, ha- to watch, be able to watch uh, Messi win the World Cup. And then, like, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's fucking random, but all right. It is random, yeah. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, Andres Cantor, obviously the, the announcer uh, for, for a lot of these matches, and next thing you know, the dude just starts balling out, right? And so I was just like, damn, my mom is, I need, I need my mom to give me like the lottery numbers. After that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> But I, I think everybody had their reason, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody, you know, like, like I remember the World Cup finally mentioned with your mom. I was in New York. I was in, I was there with, um, with a buddy of mine, my wife. Um, and what was crazy was that we were at a, at a bar in Manhattan and I would say 95% of people in there were all rocket Argentina kits, myself included. I have a Maradona kit um, from the 86 World Cup. It's long sleeve. It's super retro from Adidas. And, uh, um, you know, I was rocking that. But my good friend of mine, uh, who's a Real Madrid fan and a Messi hater, was rocking a France kit. And uh, along with, like, maybe two or three other people in that bar. And, man, I, I can't. I can't tell you how far this sport has come in this world, man, or in this country, I should say, because that bar was, it was some of the best vibes I probably ever had for a live mm-hmm. match. It, it was just like, like 
I, I don't know. I, I couldn't almost, I, I couldn't even explain it. Right. I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, I got there early because I didn't know what to expect, but that bar was like this, like a can of sardines. And we're all sitting there watching, you know, three or four TVs. And when those goals came, it felt like I was there at the stadium. Like it was just, it was crazy unmatched vibes. Uh, but everybody had their own reason, right, for for supporting one team or the other. You know, for my buddy who's a Real Madrid fan, he's convinced Mbappe is still going to end up at his favorite club team. So he was supporting France and Mbappe. And for, I think, uh, so many so many Barcelona fans out there, myself included, we're supporting Argentina because of Messi alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not like we're all just all of a sudden diehard Argentines. Like, we, <laughs> we support a player that we've been supporting for 20 years. And so, um, you know, everybody kind of had their reason, your mom included. Um, I think it's just cool to kind of hear everybody's story, right? And then, yeah, man, she predicted it. So hopefully that good luck just kind of kept running even after that. No, yeah. Uh, but kind of like what you said, I didn't – normally I don't go out to go watch, you know, World Cups. I usually like to do it with my family. Uh, but for 2018, I actually decided to go to a bar and watch the final. And, I mean, like, I was so surprised uh, how packed it was. So, like – so pitch 25 I'm, i don't know if you're familiar with like the, the houston bar scene or anything like that but pitch 25 is uh the bar that's owned by brian ching uh oh, you know, nice. former dynamo player like right there right next to to shell energy stadium I almost Ching's a big you. former player big former yeah. player too yeah u.s international everything like that so he owns a bar called pitch 25 it's also like a soccer themed bar um so they not they they had his bar and then they actually uh rented out uh, warehouse live which is like a concert venue oh wow and so they literally blocked out the whole area so one side you can listen go listen to the game in spanish and the other side you can go listen to it in english that's dope I like it was that. it was and like it was yeah trapped like a sardine like i was there it was funny though because i was wearing a france jersey uh a pogba jersey and then like a bunch of people started talking to me in French and I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they just think you're a French dude. I love Yeah, They're that, like, bro. are you French? And I was like, no. And like, <laughs> well, the coolest thing ever was like, well, today you're French. And so they actually like had, I, I was with them the whole, the whole game, you know, they had, they brought French bread, which I thought was like, okay, now this is just, this is way I, too much. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a whole different level. <laughs> and they were like, tell me, no, no. So you can drink beer and, and eat. And I was like, wow, these guys are geniuses. <laughs> they are. They are. That, that That's actually a, a solid, solid strat for that. Um, Yeah, bro, the 2018 final, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't remember where I was. But, yeah, like the, those stories, right, where especially if you don't go out and watch a ton of games like me, I just don't because of, you know, most of the games, especially if, if you follow European soccer, they're just in the morning. So I'm, like, mm-hmm. still having breakfast. I'll have it at, ha- at the house. Don't get me wrong. Like, if I'm watching Barcelona or Arsenal or somebody else play, like, I'm probably in my back room watching it on my desktop or not bugging anybody because I, I like to be there focused on the game. I don't, I don't like to have a ton of stuff around distracting me, if that makes sense. So being there for, for some of these big, giant matches in, in history with other people, it's just I hope we get more of this. I hope mm-hmm. that as time continues on, right, we had the Women's World Cup already kind of, you know, we're in the knockout rounds now and that's happening. The Gold Cup just passed. Next year's Copa America in 2026 is the World Cup for the men's um i hope that this just continues to scale up man this is this only gets bigger and better because there's still so many people it's it's crazy bro like there's still so many people that i meet where i can't believe they heard the name messi but don't know who it is or or mm-hmm. they you know like oh ronaldo is that the guy with the hair and this and i'm like it, it blows my mind that these are the two biggest superstars this sport has ever produced probably and you have no idea 
who they are or the fact that Messi can go grocery shopping in Florida with his family mm-hmm. and he would never be able to do that um you know in, in Europe or anywhere else uh, it just shows that we still have a long way to go in this sport uh, in this country but I'm hopeful that you know sometime in the next five to ten years that we could be having a conversation about soccer being a, a top three maybe even top two sport yeah I agree and I think right now like Time-wise, I think right now is a great time because, like, like we mentioned, Messi's now with Inter Miami in the MLS, somehow bringing in like Barcelona of years before, um, also over there. But that you know, the Women's World Cup, like even though the women's national team got eliminated, it has sparked so much conversation. Some some may view as stupid because of the the what, some of the dumb reasons I've heard. Yeah, and, but but. They're talking about it. Um, and I think, you know, obviously as we get closer and closer, uh, League's Cup has gotten a lot of attention, probably because of Messi, but also League's Cup has gotten a lot of attention. So the second half of the MLS season, hopefully there's a lot more eyes on it as well, um, especially because then me- the Messi tour is going to actually happen. But but I think if there's a time for, like, people wanting to go and search, like, soccer content, this is the this is probably the time for, for it to happen. I agree, man. I agree. That's why I think a platform like Goals TV, while we're not anywhere near what I want us to be, right? Like if you go to goals.tv today, G-O-L-Z.tv, it's it's a it's a very basic platform, to be honest. Um, you know, you go, there's tons of video content for you to kind of peruse through. It's all broken down by category and it ranges heavily. And that was very intentional, I will say. Like we we know that soccer in America is comprised of two big audience groups one is millennials and i would say right now they kind of carry the most weight they're they're technically the most valuable because millennials will go watch not just messi play but they'll go to the stadium when messi's not there right when their team is just playing they'll buy season tickets they'll do they'll they'll purchase mls season pass on apple tv right they'll do all of those things um, because they've been invested in this game they probably also know who guys like alexi lawless are clint dempsey landon donovan um those guys we watched those guys play as we grew up the other audience demo if you will is gen z and they don't have that same emotional attachment to this game they don't go out there today and and you know purchase mls you know tickets right if anything they don't really watch a ton of major league soccer just yet they're probably more invested into the premier league more invested to la liga uh, other european leagues or, or just leagues around the world uh, but i have a belief that at some point down the road, that audience will find Major League Soccer attractive, even without Messi being here. I think Major League Soccer will continue to grow. And when that happens, we're going to need support from the youngest generation of fans who's coming up right now. Um, and I would love for there to be a place or a platform where those two groups, Millennials and Gen Z, can meet and see value in each other's content and you know, um, go out of their way to 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 want to learn more about this game. And what I'm really hoping kind of stems from all of that is a culture, a culture, a true culture around this game, not being born in America. I, I still think that like cities like New York and LA and Chicago, wherever, right? They kind of have their own soccer culture to an extent, right? Like it's already kind of a living and breathing thing there, but we're very fragmented. We're very disjointed, very spread out here in the States. We're a big country. Um, I would love you know, nothing more than in 2026 when the World Cup comes to the States and in North America, I would love for there to be some kind of a culture, something that identifies us and this part of the world when it comes to this game. I don't think we're there yet, but I think if there is a platform that continue to grow like Goals TV and kind of just 
spotlight creators and content and communities out there that are really passionate about the sport and growing it the right way. I think that we have a we have an interesting chance of of doing just that. Yeah, and I think on top of that as well, I think is you're starting to see like the lack of coverage for soccer in in, in the American uh, channels, obviously ESPN and any other Fox Sports and all that crap. Or if they do talk about it, it's just very poorly informed. It's misinformed, like, yeah. And so it's like one of those frustrating things. And I think, and not there's not just many on soccer content. I think it's more so now in sports media as well. I think that there's people that are tired of listening to the 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 people on ESPN and Fox Sports and and actually go and you know now it's more guys that are probably just fans of just fans of the game probably don't know anything no know nothing about like really know nothing but just they speak from the heart and they you know and I think that that's more value is being being really real and honest about yeah. your about your views of the game yeah, I think it's I, I, I think what you just mentioned right there regarding ESPN is massive, right? It's not just like, oh, hey, you know, we need more of a culture here. I think people are starting to become tired of the generalists, so to speak, right? Sports Center covers how many sports in an hour long segment? All of them, right? There's so much there. And I think, you know, us expecting, or I should say those days of casters or commentators or analysts on on networks like ESPN or Fox. Those days of those guys being super knowledgeable about every sport they cover, I think it's, 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 they're probably done, right? Like those days are probably done. I think, you know, it, it, what, what fans really want to hear is commentary and banter and debate from actual fans. They want the authenticity and they crave it more than ever. And in the age of the internet, um, there's so many places that you could get some of that that they're not really flocking to those networks, those legacy networks like ESPN or Fox. And those guys now are having to adjust their strategy, right? Like you, you see it now, Paramount, who, who I would say amongst all of the legacy networks out there, I probably respect them the most right now in the sense that they understand how niche they have to be to effectively capture soccer fans in North America. They're going out and getting Alexis from the Cooligans and uh, – Mateo's, I can't remember his last name, from IFTV, Italian Football TV on YouTube, and like other creators like that, right? Guys who are authentic and true to the soccer fan inside of themselves and are bringing that to their content every day. We need more people like that in the spotlight to deliver the content that this next generation of fans craves so much. So I think we're only going to see more of this. Like the world will only continue to niche down. And that's why I think, you know, a, a, a streaming platform that is solely dedicated to soccer and we, we you know, should exist, but we'll probably even have to continue, you know, I would say changing our strategy as we grow. We'll probably have to niche down even further to really make sure this platform is as authentic as North American fans want it to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's always always also important to get get new perspectives. And I'm sure you you're you have a wide variety of, of content um possibly even adding some more is there any any new <laughs> new 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 shows that are coming on to gold tv <laughs> yes brother yes it's a great segue by the way um yeah man i think we've been kind of like building up to this point the whole show and again Hector, I, can't, I can't thank you enough for having me on here bro just to talk about goals tv and everything that we're doing i feel like we're announcing new creators almost every week at this point and this show is is no exception bro so i'm super excited to announce to your listeners to the footy world in general that insert name FC is going to be on goals TV moving forward. 
Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of content that new fans that are discovering Goals TV every single day are going to be excited about. And what we're really hoping, right, is that other fans who have stumbled across guys, not 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 even just shows like yours, but shows like The Howlers or The Vet Dependent or We Are Austin TV or whatever it may be, right, um, that they also see value in shows like yours. And every behavior that we've seen up to this point indicates that they will man so i'm super excited to have you guys on board i think that there's a lot uh, that our our new users are going to be able to kind of take away from your show every week and uh more importantly man i'm just excited to collaborate with you no yeah man your your listeners are going to enjoy you know edward half asleep <laughs> in, our, in, in, in our in our episodes but yeah. no it's it's definitely one of the things that we're really excited about it i mean uh Everyone's excited. I mean, if, once again, if you if, just if anybody's worried, Belly Up Sports, we're still we're still got our affiliation to Belly Up. That's our network. But Gold TV is just another avenue that we could be reached at. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everyone's excited about it. Even Belly Up Sports is like even more excited because it's just another cool thing to to add on to what what we've been able to build. But yeah, like as soon as I learned about Gold TV, I was like, this this is cool. Uh, didn't think I was gonna get reached out by you, by any reason, but <laughs> no, nah, I, I think it's a great platform. Uh, we're very excited about it. Me, Edward, and Spencer, uh, we're, we were all for it from, from as soon as we, you know, we were we were talking about it. But obviously, we got to cover cover our, you know, uh, cross our T's and dot our I's. But uh, yeah. at the end of it all, we knew that this was something that was gonna be really cool, and we we definitely want to help you guys grow. Absolutely, bro. I appreciate that, man. And look, vice versa. I think we want to bring as much value, not just to you, but to the soccer ecosystem on the side of the world in general, man. So, so guys, look, I think if you guys, um, if you love insert name FC, if you love the the banter, the camaraderie that these guys have, I think you're going to find a lot of value and not just their content being on goals TV, but the content that you have yet to discover on this platform. So again, if you guys have not heard of it, go check it out. G O L Z dot TV. Try to keep it short and sweet for you with the name. Uh, it will continue to get better along the way, continue to change right now. We're heavily focused on bringing more fan-made content because I do believe it's the future of this game. I think fans like you, Hector, for example, I think we'll, we'll continue to see more of them pop up. Those who are not scared to have a voice, put their opinions on the internet, and really want to grow this game. I think we're going to see more of those. And so, um, you know, this platform will only continue to get bigger and bigger with fan-made content. But over time, keep an eye out. We're going to be adding more and more, even outside of the realm of fan-made content as you continue to scale up. Yep, you heard it from him, man. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. Obviously, follow them at goals.tv. A uh, lot of great stuff is going to keep building. Uh, maybe you'll even, Goals TV, you guys are going to find out Edward predicting Timo Werner scoring five goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold prediction. It happened. <laughs> it, 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 it happened, and uh, I think Timo so far has scored one. Um, so... But don't worry. I mean, I thought Leno was going to be the next best goalkeeper in, in Germany. So, I mean, we, we all have our hills to die on. But Bro, we, we, we've we all had bad takes. I, I Unfortunately, <laughs> I still have mine, a few of mine out there somewhere on, on other people's pods or videos, man. So, you know, I, I think that's the that bro. That's the courage of being a, a content creator. And I think we need more of just that. So y'all keep it running. Yeah. So catch me, catch Edward half asleep and then me with crazy, stupid jersey bets uh, on Goals TV. Thank you so much, Jose. Thank you, Hector. I appreciate it, man. And we're back. Yeah, that's right, guys. You can now f- listen to us on Goals TV. Um, it, it's actually we're really, really excited to be a part of Goals TV and see what 
what it's like. As just so you guys know, we're still with Belly Up. Belly Up is still our our network that we're affiliated with. But it's just another way you can you can listen to Insert Name FC is now through Goals TV. So if you guys have any questions, we're still with Belly Up. We're still committed to Belly Up and their vision. But you know, obviously, Goals TV. They're I don't want to. <laughs> their objective. I was going to say goals. <laughs> their objective is to try to grow soccer content to the masses and you now have this one place to go ahead and and catch it all for yourself shout um andrew i'm from kicking it drew uh sc obviously he's also a member uh, he's also affiliated with goals tv it's just a really cool thing that they're they're trying to grow um so you know we're excited to be part of goals tv yes sir yes sir <clears throat> all right but obviously get back into work all right transfer talks man Things are shaking up, man. So Manchester United, you know, Manchester City, they got their their Viking Erling Holland. And so now you got uh Ter uh Ter Stegen. I was gonna say Ter Stegen. Ter Hog. Ten Hog. He's now wanting his own Viking. And so they go he they are going after and they got him. They got Den De the Danish Rasmus Hojlin from I believe yeah. he was playing with Atalanta last season. But now he's going to Manchester United. I would have to say, if I were to have to like compare this signing, if Edward for you, um, he's still raw, so he's kind of like a Darwin Nunez. Like he's maybe not fine tuned, but the, I mean, he's young. He, this he's young. He still has he still has room to grow and room to progress on the way that Manchester United plays. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. and once again. You know, it seems like Ten Hag really wanted to get himself a Viking like Pep Guardiola has. And um, even though I don't know if the Dane, the Danish were ever known for Viking culture, um, but Scandinavia, I believe so. Yeah, it's so, a bit Holland. That's, I mean, pretty close to Holland. Sort of. The, the, <laughs> sort you know of. what it sounds like to me? You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like if you sneeze. Yeah, see? Yeah. There you go. Like, oh, oh, bless you, Hector. <clears throat> Everyone's going to be watching Manchester United games. <laughs> Just like, thinking, why are the announcers sneezing a lot? Really, like, man, these, these dudes are sneezing a lot. They're saying the same sneeze, too. It's like, oh, I'm like, oh man. No. <laughs> but sticking <clears throat> with Manchester United, they're also interested in a defender, um, and that is Jared Brantwaite. Um, also, I think pretty pretty decent defender. I believe he's from Everton, which I mean that's not really saying a lot, <laughs> but probably one of the more brighter spots of Everton. I I believe he he's with Everton, uh, from what I remembered, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, just double checking right now because I don't want to. I mean, I already said my name three times in, in recording, so <laughs> don't want to don't want to double up on that one. You're gonna be like, "Hey, that's my name. Don't wear it out." I'm yeah, e Everton. That. Yeah, Everton. Dope. So yeah, so not a defender, you know, Manchester United needs a defender. Uh, but sticking with the Premier League, though, David Raya um, is going to Arsenal. It's a very, I think, questionable kind of move because obviously it's a goalkeeper. Uh, you know, the and and David Raya, I believe in, in my opinion, is someone that should be starting, should be a starting goalkeeper. But obviously with Arsenal, you have Aaron Ramsdale, um, which that's the conflict now. Like, are they trying to say that they're that Aaron Ramsdale isn't a starting 
goalkeeper or or like what what's going to be this dynamic between David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale? Um, it's going to be something to to be following this season. Um, I think that this kind of tells Aaron Ramsdale that like if he messes up, like it's they'll 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 put David Raya above him. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, not not I don't like it. I don't I don't want that to be the case at all. Because I mean, I like I like Aaron Ramsdale. Uh probably probably could have been better options. But but yeah. So, but yeah, David Ryder joining Arsenal. So it is now official. Osman Dembele is joining PSG. He is now leaving Barcelona. Obviously, there's now a lot of questions behind Barcelona. Like, you know, Edward said last episode that Osman Dembele has definitely been a little bit more of a contributor now in, in the in the attack. Um, now with Xavi's system. So, I mean, Edward, how do you feel? Well, <clears throat> I'd see. So basically, to me. What it looks like, it's like they're going to rely on, and I hate to say this, and you know that we've been talking about this for a while, but they're probably going to end up relying on Ferran Torres. Oh, yeah. And you know how, like, you know how I feel about that. Um, dude, like, that's just, but uh, I'm just, yeah, that's just uh, I don't even know anymore, man. I'm just like, damn. Like I was, I'm over here hoping that Dembele was gonna end up sticking around, but I guess not. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. It's, also, it's the not other in the thing. Car. Yeah, I mean, the other thing you should also take notice because obviously, I think Barcelona was hoping that maybe they can make a deal where they offer Osman Dembele and Gavi, and maybe another sort of package deal to maybe secure Kylian Mbappe, but the fact that Dembele is now at PSG, clearly Gavi's still with Barcelona as far as I know. Um, yeah. It, it clearly didn't it's, work out. And I don't think I don't think PSG was – PSG wants a lot of money. And I don't think yeah. Dembele and, and Gavi <laughs> equate, at least in their eyes, to Kylian Mbappe. Um, no, no Bro, like – no, no, not taken. I mean, shit. I mean, honestly, it's true. You got you compare Kylian Mbappe to Dembele, bro. Nothing. Kylian Mbappe literally tied it up in the World Cup by himself. Mm-hmm. Like he did, he did the play and he fucking did the shots. Dembele couldn't do that. He could probably do the play, but he wouldn't be able to finish like that. Yep. So a player that I was surprised that stayed with Benfica, especially after how he performed in the World Cup. Um, obviously in the winter transfer window, I didn't expect him to leave in the summer, but, um, but someone that I was just like surprised that like no one went after and that is, uh, Gonzalo Ramos. Um, but he has now made his move. He is actually going to PSG. Um, man, PSG is buying everybody right now. Well, I mean, at this, at this point, Ramos is their replacement for Mbappe. Mbappe hasn't been training or at least if he's training, he's not training with, with the, the starters. So, I mean. Gonzalo Ramos is their is their their solution for replacing Kylian Mbappe, which I mean, it's not a bad option. I think his he, there's a lot of upsides to Ramos, um, but 
It just seems weird because, you know, I, it's not like he – I don't feel like this is a lateral move for him because I feel like Benfica to league un, to to, uh, to to Portugal is pretty similar to uh, to PSG and league un. Um But, I, hey, I mean, he, he's getting paid now. So, I mean, that's probably the only thing to think about. But uh, uh, continue, continue on, Willian is joining Al-Shabaab and – the thing that's kind of the point out is that this guy literally two weeks ago signed with Fulham. Um, and so basically he's like, yeah, deuces. And he's now going to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is, this is going to just be, it's going to take a while to get used to hearing about these players going to Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm, I'm more and more thinking that Saudi Arabia is going to be a little bit more here to here to stay than like the Chinese super league was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I say that is because eventually the Chinese Super League was like, no, they start they start implementing like stricter rules where like obviously now the teams had to start like, hey, you can only have this many international players, um, right, right, must develop Chinese talent, and and so like because of that, that's kind of the reason why the Chinese Super League kind of went down. Um, but I think with Saudi Arabia, and I think it's because like you're seeing this trend now with Saudi Arabia. I mean. You know, I don't know. I don't think everyone really keeps up with golf, but obviously the Live Tour was a big controversial thing. But now the Live Tour now is working with the with the PGA. The PGA was against them, but then obviously Saudi Arabia flashed that money, and now they're like, oh, we love the Live Tour. Um, and so like I think, and then obviously you have all these like Saudi Arabian, these oil tycoons coming coming into these big clubs in Europe. Obviously, Newcastle is like the next example, like the most recent example of it, where they're just coming in, buying these clubs and then, you know, loading these teams up. But I think the Saudi League, I think it's probably a little bit more here to stay because of the fact that they can afford to pay these, well, pay these players. There's some controversy there because obviously what what happened with Al-Nassar with, New, with, with Leicester. But I think, I think. I, I think it's safe to say the Saudi Arabia will probably will be definitely more of an option for for these guys, for these older players in Europe. Yeah, I mean you're right about that. It's just even even me like, um, maybe later on the Saudi will start sticking up rules like that because I mean think about it with the China with the Chinese Super League. What they had like Oscar, I think Bato was playing for them too. Um, who else? Uh, Hulk, Hulk was playing for them. Like, they had all these names, dude. Like, they did. But, like you said, they started implementing rules. They started implementing, like, basically trying to make sure that everybody had the fair play, making sure that Chinese players uh, were being used. Um, you know, instead of just trying to make a freaking Chinese super team, but with nothing but nothing but foreigners, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it is... It, it's true. I mean, shit. I mean, but maybe... Saudi Arabia is not going to see it that way. Saudi Arabia is going to be like, hey, we're just going to have all these players in the league that everybody wants to see. And that's it. Like, they just, they, they're just spending buku amounts of money just on having those players. Dude, like, the, the contract that they offered Kylian Mbappe to go to Saudi, dear Lord, like, they, the, uh, they even made a comparison. Like, the wages that Kylian Mbappe would make all of these players, NBA players like Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, um, like all these, all these players, their wages, like these, these are the MVP players. Like even uh, I think it was like uh, Steph Curry as well was including that list. 
all their yearly wages would be in Mbappe's yearly wage. Like all the shit that they, all the money that they make, it would be like Mbappe's money. Like it's fucking nuts. It's like maybe 10 players. So that's what I'm saying. Like a Saudi just has that buku money, bro. Like that just crazy, bro. Yeah, and I think it's 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 good that it's good that you mentioned that like, you know, maybe right now Saudi Arabia kind of just like we don't care. We just want to get like these big players to come and play in our league. But then who's to say maybe Saudi Arabia is like, man, I'm getting tired of getting you know making it to the World Cup and only and only play, able to go into the group. Like you know, group all these group group round eggs is like I want I want I want Saudi Arabia to go further. It's kind of a stretch, but I mean it's, it's still probably something that I mean, they want eventually want to see that the Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabian country eventually does get better and uh i mean who's to say maybe one day the saudi league just says you know what you need to have this many amount of saudi arabian players on on, playing at at all times and then like kind of kind of what happened with the chinese super league eventually it diluted the the interest in trying to get those players because of the rules that were set in place i mean history does tend to repeat itself it's not I mean, like, you know, it's one of those things that were there was a point where me and Edward didn't really take the Saudi Arabian League very seriously. And mm-hmm. it's for a lot of reasons is because we've seen it happen with the Chinese Super League. And I believe there was another league that was doing it as well a little bit while back, but I just can't can't remember the country. Um it was, but, I think it was the Japan Japan. I mean, think about it. Um was it Visa Kobe? That's where they got like uh, Villa, they had Iniesta, they had um who else did they have? I mean, they did use a lot of Japanese players, but they did use uh, a I, lot I don't, of. I don't. I don't really think it was them. I I forgot what the league. I I forgot what it was, but I just I just know before the Chinese Super League there was another league that was kind of trying that was kind of doing the same thing, but obviously it didn't pan out. Um, clearly, because was, was it was it was it was it Russia maybe? Um. I want to say it was like an Eastern, like a. It like was a, definitely like an Eastern European, Eastern European league. I just don't remember what country it was, but they were trying to do remember. the same thing, which is trying to poach players from, from the big clubs in in Europe. But obviously, it didn't work out. Um, and I mean, it kind of goes back to like the whole like Super League stuff, like you know when they were trying to make the European mm-hmm. Super League, like, it goes to show you that money is not always going to make the make soccer better. You know it, yep. and so like Saudi Arabia can try, like can try their best to go and get the best players, but at the end of the day, like, is it really going to make their league any better? Probably not. Um, I mean, you're you're going to guarantee have guaranteed sell across. I mean, look what Messi is doing to his MLS games. I mean, that's the first time I ever seen you know FC FC Frisco Stadium packed <laughs> was last game, and it was literally all there just to see Messi play. I mean, people yeah. were cheering oh, for people were cheering for Messi. Like, I mean, there, like, I mean, there was people celebrating FC Dallas goals. But I mean, when Messi was, you know, when Inter Miami scored, I mean, the crowd went wild too. The crowd went crazy. So I mean, especially especially like when he, when he uh he just he he just scored uh I think it was like when he passed him the ball and it was like off his chest and then he just started with his right foot. Mm-hmm. Man, they, everybody was going nuts. Everybody was going nuts. I mean, even the op- opposition, I was just like, okay, like. Yeah, I, I also got to point out that was kind of that was kind of funny. Was the after FC Dallas got eliminated, like all the players like for FC Dallas like lined up to get a picture with Messi. So that yeah, was, that was just. I mean, it's Messi. I get it. Uh, but yeah, obviously, let's keep continuing on. Uh, so U.S. U.S. International, well, 
used to play with Germans youth system, but then obviously made the switch to to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Malik Tillman, previous season, has been playing with Rangers. Uh, went back to Bayern Munich, but he is now joining PSV. So him and Ricardo Pepe are joining forces together over at PSV. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on, Robert Sanchez, another goalkeeper, is set to join Chelsea. Um, Chelsea is going to be a very interesting team this, to watch this season. They really um, are. Um, just because, like, I really don't know what's going on in Chelsea. <laughs> so... Because, um, I mean, you still have Kepa, goalkeeper. Obviously, Mendy, he just went to Saudi Arabia. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what, what exactly is going to be going on in Chelsea as well. Uh, West Ham United, they're interested in getting uh, McTominay from Manchester United. So, uh, not not necessarily a guy that – I don't know how often I've seen McTominay play, um, personally. I feel like any, – any Anybody want Harry Maguire? Anybody? 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 I think West Ham United is also interested in Harry Maguire, but I'm not entirely sure on that one. But By going back, means. but going back <laughs> to Chelsea, Chelsea is also is interested in getting Tyler Adams from Leeds United. I believe they're gonna activate his release clause from Leeds United. Um, mm-hmm. Some some people are interested by it. Some obviously have Vietnam flashbacks from Christian Pulisic's time at Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, like I said, Chelsea is just in a really weird situation where I just don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if this is a good thing for Tyler Adams. I don't know if it's a bad thing for Tyler Adams. But, hey, if they're willing to pay somebody's release clause to bring him, um, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know what to say at this point. So it's gonna, it's an interesting move for them. But uh, sticking with the trend with American players. So Nottingham Forest has made the move to get Matt Turner from Arsenal. So a lot of pros, honestly, for this one, Matt Turner is going to go somewhere where he's going to be playing because obviously, you know, Arsenal's goalkeeper room has just gotten a little bit more stacked with, with, uh, with, uh, Raya, with David Raya now in there. And so him and Aaron Ramsdale competing. So obviously Matt Turner now goes to Nottingham Forest, still a premier league team and he's going to be playing. So that's just going to benefit the U S men's national team as a whole. Unfortunately for me, I just didn't take advantage of getting a Matt Turner Arsenal Jersey. So I fucked up on that one. <laughs> but uh continuing on Edson Alvarez a player that has been constantly been uh named to be leaving Ajax uh he's actually mentioned that he wants to leave Ajax Borussia Dortmund was a, was a team that we were we were hearing but it is actually now official he's going to West Ham United so Edson Alvarez joining the Premier League oh okay so yeah good good move for him uh Neymar has stated that he wants out of PSG so uh, PSG, PSG. I think you already was, know where he wants to go. MS MSM, and uh, no, not MSM, MNM. MNM, yeah. MNM. Uh, Messi, Messi's gone. You know, Mbappe is almost out the door. Hope maybe, hopefully, I don't know. Um, and now Neymar, he he see. This is where like PSG is. PSG, we just don't know what to expect from PSG this coming season. Um, because there seems to be a lot of lot of friction going on there, but but yeah, Neymar wants out. Don't know what's gonna happen there, but Neymar does want out of PSG. And uh, Maitland Niles, who has been with Arsenal but Hustle, has been going on a series of loans. Um, he is officially leaving Arsenal and is joining Lyon. So okay, so finally gets out of Arsenal. 
this sucks because this was a player that I thought maybe had potential to be like a good right back, but he just never never played really well in that role. And then they moved him to CDM. Didn't really work out there either. It, it's just, you know, it's really bad when they just keep moving around different positions, trying to see if you would fit somewhere and it just doesn't work out. And so that's, yeah. just, that's just what happened. Um, also keep an eye on because Balogun, I believe, might be going to Inter Milan. It seems like it. He just he he really wants to get out of Arsenal now because he wants to play. Um, and then the last rumor is Fenerbahçe is interested in Giorgino. So, mm. I mean that 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 midfield just got a lot a lot more stacked for uh, for Arsenal, and it does seem like Giorgino would be the odd man out after being there for just half a season. But but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. About right. That is transfer watch, but it is debate time. This debate is brought to you by Canadips. What are Canadips? It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. And there's so many more flavors as well. It is crafted and manufactured in Humboldt County, California, the heart of the cannabis industry. So, why does this all matter to you? Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. Dip is just disgusting it is super old and i can speak from from personal experience as someone that used to dip there's nothing appealing about this habit there is just it's just it's just disgusting um so yeah it, it needs to be renovated so what is it that candidates does that's so much different it's obviously because they use 100 percent american grown hemp and it combined with a water dispersible technology that absorbs rapidly and delivers CBD through the mouth that no one else has. So you can actually enjoy it. So where do you go? You got to go to CanadipsCBD.com. Once again, CanadipsCBD.com. Use the code BELLYUP20 and you'll save yourself 20% off your purchase. These This stuff is amazing, man. You could just chill and just have a have a little pouch in your mouth and you're just chilling the rest of your day. Highly recommend it. But, all right. So... U.S. Women's National Team gets eliminated in the round of 16 uh, by Sweden in penalties. It was a nil-nil draw, but obviously went to penalties where they lost 5-4. to four. Uh, Megan Rapino skyrockets her penalty, which ends up causing their fate. The last, pe- though, the last penalty was very controversial, as some may say that, you know, did the, goal, did the ball go completely over? Uh, they said it was down to like the, um, a millimeter. So that just pissed off Americans even more because you're using the metric system. Um, but but they lost. They lost. And uh, to be frank, um, you know, you guys remember last week's episode where we had Stewart talking about the World Cup. I had a lot of concerns about the U.S. women's national team. Um, it's a very young team. And I think that there's going to be growing pains when you have a lot of young players. But the I, I, I just think that, you know, we needed to see – Something from the 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 girls that know that have been playing. I don't know why I said girls. The women that have been that have been in the in these situations for now years in in this World Cup, and there was no real like you know stand up moment. Obviously, you know we had the whole Carly Lloyd, uh, old man yells at cloud moment where she was angry that they were celebrating the the nil nil draw against Portugal, uh, which. Obviously, they ended up moving on to the next round, to to the knockout rounds because of it. Um, but it, it it was more and more. I I mean, people want to blame the tactics, and it honestly, like, I can't really tell you. I wasn't really able to watch the games because it was at four in the morning, 
<laughs> so I'm sorry that I didn't want to wake up at four in the morning to watch a soccer game. Um, I can only do so much, but I, I think at the end of it all, the U S women's national team is just, it was, it was just stagnant. Um, as much as you want to see something from the veteran players, like the young players needed to do something, uh, just needed to step up as well. I think that was the thing that we always saw from every, every generation of the women's world cup with the U S women's national team was, you know, one of these young players, like last world cup was Rose Lavelle. She was being that, like that player to step up and, you know, step up into a role. Um, and this year, I mean, Trinity Rahman had her moments, um Sophia Smith Smith like you know didn't really like live up to what everybody thought that these two were gonna do um but I think it's also this is their first world cup they had they were gonna have their jitters but you also gotta remember this was the they expanded the world cup they went to they went to 32 teams in this world cup so you were gonna get more competition and it was clear because I mean Edward you and me watched the the women's euro like (laughs) those teams were really good <laughs> uh, yeah holy it's not so i was like you mean to tell me you're gonna add more of them to the world cup yeah i think that this was gonna be so much harder i mean the the, the u.s women's national team was in a very tough group to begin with um aside from having to play vietnam which is always funny to think that vietnam's three nil victory the, the the u.s women's national team winning three nil was the most least confident three nil victory that anybody has ever seen from the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, but, I mean, obviously, from that first game, everyone saw some red flags, and you saw them, you know, draw 1-1 with the Netherlands, who, you know, beat, you know are, are still going on to, are still, are going on to the quarterfinals. And then, you know, they go nil-nil against Portugal. So, like, they, they just weren't, they just weren't that good in this tournament. You could say it's the coaching, but I think maybe, I think maybe it could be complacency. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. They, they thought that, the, you know, maybe the women's national team did, Hey, we're the U S women's national team. We're the best team in the world. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to make it to the final. And I think maybe that's what it was to be honest. Cause I really don't know what else it was. Cause I think they still had the talent. Um, I think it's funny that a lot of people, well, I, before we go, go to the other stuff, what are you, what are your thoughts about the U S women's national team as a whole? Like, what happened? I just, I think they were riding the coattails from the last World Cup, you know, from every game that they've had before. And then what's funny is, like, even when uh, Rapino, like, they were, she was getting ready, like, about to go in, everybody was cheering, like, if she was going to change the game. And, I mean, honestly, it, it's possible. It's possible she could have changed the game. But being that they weren't, connecting they weren't I don't know how else to explain it like they weren't they weren't playing like they used to man they they were it was a whole different team dude like come on think about it the last World Cup they were doing like shutouts man they were winning like 3-0 maybe like 4-1 5-1 6-1 like they were they were fucking going ham this World Cup it looks like they were struggling a bit they couldn't even get the ball to like Alex Morgan's foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't really do everything. But I'm just saying, like, I think everybody just got a little bit more wised up uh, to the U.S. women's uh, soccer team, and uh, I mean, they they managed to stop them. 
And I hate to say it too that the U.S. women's uh, the U.S. women's uh, team as well they didn't play their game like they they just couldn't find it and it was on their own. No, I you know, I, like, I agree with that. I think we also definitely over uh, maybe a little bit overhyped the U.S. women's national team. Um, but I think it, it's also fair to say why we would we would hype them up. They've been the most dominant team for years. For a long time, dude. But I, I think, I think you hit. You, you also mentioned you had a, a really good point. The level of competition has definitely gotten better. Yeah. You know, this is the, this is the newly expanded Women's World Cup. Like now, you have thirty-two teams. Yep. Which, obviously, now there's more teams that you kind of expect to make it. That that probably were a little bit more competitive, but obviously they were just their qualifications were qualifiers were a little bit harder to get in. But now they're in. <laughs> I mean, you know, we saw Port- Portugal, which, you know, I was, like, baffled to find out that this was their debut in the World Cup. And, I mean, they were playing pretty solid. They almost could have made it out, made it out of the group if it wasn't for the fact that they just couldn't score a goal on the women's national team. But, like, just things like that. So, like, I think the level of competition has gotten better, and I think it's because of, like, the impact that the women's national – the U.S. women's national team has, has done to the landscape of women's soccer where – it has inspired so many women to want to go and play in that level. And then, well, now they're in that level and the competition, like the competition has just gotten better, which is a good thing that that's, it, it's, it's good. I think it goes back to what Martha was saying in her, in her interview after Brazil got eliminated that she, she saw, she's talking about how much the, how much coverage has just advanced since her, her time. Like when she was younger, like there was nobody covering the women's world cup. Like there was no attention given to them, and now as she's leaving the as she's leaving the game, like she's got a whole generation of Brazilian players that she can, she can feel comfortable walking away, knowing that they're gonna co- they're gonna cover it well for her, and just the coverage in general. Like I mean, like she's telling you how far the game has advanced just from her time, and I think that's because also the women's national team has brought so much exposure, um, and and yeah, the the level of competition has just got just got better. I mean, Sweden, I mean, didn't score a goal on them until they went to penalties, but were so efficient. I mean, and, and mind you, the women's national team was, was they had a lot of shots, but they didn't, you know, obviously they didn't do what mattered the most, which was get it in the back of the net. Um, and so Sweden did, they, I feel like Sweden did their job. They were competing to go to penalties. The, the U.S. women's national team were fighting to avoid penalties. Yeah. It's, I just, I don't know, man. Like, it, it just became a little bit harder. Um, yeah. Everybody, everybody wised up, basically. I, I think that's, I think that's honestly what it is. I think everyone just got better. And of course, we, I, we we're going to have to mention the, the one dumb thing that Fox News like to mention with the whole them not singing the national anthem, which I mean, there's not a lot of people that are proud to be American. So let's not act like they're not representing it well. Yeah. America is a very tough country to love, um, but uh, but like for their logic, oh, they're so busy being activists that they they forgot how to how to play the game. And it's like no, they, like I said, the competition just got better. Did they get out coach? Probably. Um, I know a lot of people want the coach for the women's national team to get fired, which, respectively, so. I mean, this was obviously their worst performance in in recent years. I mean, the last time they didn't win the World Cup, they lost in the final. So I mean, 
yeah, I mean, this is definitely a low point for them, but it could also be a good thing, though, because, like, you know, one, they realize the competition's gotten better, and two is, like, they just can't rest on their laurels. They have to get better. Um, Something that I pointed out with Stewart that he actually agreed with was that, like, the women's national team is always dependent on their athletic, on their athleticism. I think if there's one thing that anybody can agree, the women's national team was super athletic, but they weren't really technical. They weren't, they, their technical, their technical play wasn't necessarily like top level, if you get what I mean. So, I mean, if there's one thing to, to notice is probably they need to get better at the technical, which is also the same thing that the men's national team has a problem with as well. So, I mean, they're not that far off from each other. It's just that now the the playing field, I guess you could say, has now risen to the, for the women's game. Um, but aside from that, I I still think the women's national team will be fine. They'll 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 still be be competitors and everything like that. But uh, I I don't so for the people that are complaining about them like not singing a national anthem or activists or blah blah blah. Um, shut up. It's just like <laughs> there's like there, there, there's always got to be that grumpy old man that has to like point that out like old man yells at cloud <laughs> yeah the old man that yell at clouds like it's just like it, it goes hand in hand like you you can't have it that way and obviously like it was it was so funny like seeing like all the posts on like you know the, like when you know when they announced that the women's national team didn't make they got eliminated everybody's like good I wanted them to be eliminated I'm like are you kidding me yeah, like I mean, look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you one thing. One context out of that is like, those are the fans that are like, "Good, I'm glad they got eliminated," just because they didn't make it far. You know, like they didn't. Like I said, they were struggling, and a lot of fans feel like, "Oh yeah, the struggle was needed," because it goes to show you that they really needed help or they needed to be better. Oh, and I get, I get worried. those people, but it was mainly the people that just didn't like that the women's national team were also very activists. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like, everyone well, was not, like, "That's the thing." It's not even about being an activist at that point. It's like it's just about the game. Yeah, like for me, it's about the game. Like they just played poorly. Like they just they just didn't have a good World Cup. Like to be fair, nope. they just didn't have a good World Cup. Um, but like for the people saying that, oh, they're so busy being activists, I'm like the. They drew. They brought. They brought up issues that were very valid. I mean, still. I mean, obviously, the the point being, if everyone's going to keep using the example, like, oh, well, look how much viewership the men's World Cup has versus the women's World. I mean, we can always use that same argument for any like sport in general. Um, when it comes to women's sports, yes, there is a lack of support for women's sports, but obviously, soccer has been growing. It had and it clearly showing. Um, they need obviously they need to be able. It's it's gonna it's it's still like in the growing process and and like eventually hopefully they can start making better get uh get better pay. Um, obviously the, the everyone's always like you know the women's national team is better than the men's national team for in a U.S. setting. Um, the women's national team is better than the men's team. Like why aren't the women getting paid better? And I mean if you go by the whole fact that like viewership and blah blah blah, then obviously it, it's a, there's a fair point as to why you know men's team makes more money. But at the end of the day, like the right thing to do is the right thing to do. But I don't think that the reason why they got limited was because they were activists. Because to be fair, when when they're locked in in the game, they're locked in. They're but locked like in. I said, they just they 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 thought that they could just do what they usually do and win and like keep winning games. And it, and the reality was, 
that's not how it's going to work. They have to they have to evolve just as much as everybody else is evolving now. Yep, pretty much, dude. So yeah, so that's what happened with me. My my what happened to the U.S. Women's National Team is just that the game gone the game the women's game has gotten better, and if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, and that's just what happened with the women's national team. Yep. So yeah, um, yeah. So I'm rooting for Japan now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that's who, that's the team I'm rooting for. But which we're ironically enough they're facing off Sweden, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> right. But you know, Japan Japan's been so much fun. I just love Japan in general, man. Every World Cup, like it doesn't matter what World Cup it is. I just love the I just love Japan. Japan's fans, Japan's culture. You know, always have the best jerseys in my opinion. Um Japan's just the best, I word. <laughs> I like how you're just repeating that. Japan's just the best. Japan's just the best. Just Japan's just the best. Look, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the quotes from Cristiano Ronaldo. Like his, his Ronaldo's favorite thing to say is the best. Like oh, yeah. if you if, go go listen to a Cristiano Ronaldo interview, you can have a drinking game for every time he says it's the best. Oh God, no! <laughs> I feel like I would. Yeah, probably not a good idea. But but yeah, no, so, no, no. So that is our thought. So obviously, I think the game's gotten better. Edward obviously said the same thing. They 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 rested on their laurels, and that's not that you can't do that in the World Cup. So yeah. So there we are. So obviously debate topic is posted on our social media. If you guys want to go ahead and share your thoughts, you can even say it's because they didn't sing the national anthem. If you want to use that as an argument, go ahead. I mean, I'll probably call you an idiot, but hey, you know, it's a free country. It's the first time. Yeah. It's not the first time you've called anybody an idiot, so you'll be all right. Look, and to be fair, we've said dumb shit before. I mean, like Edward thought Timo Werner could score five goals in the game. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> I thought Bern Leno was going to be the next best German goalkeeper. Boy, were we wrong. Ironically enough, both for German players we're talking about. Yep. Very wrong. But, all right. So, thank you so much for Candidips. Once again, go to CandidipsCBD.com. Use the code BELLYUP20. Save yourself 20% off your purchase at Candidips. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going with our league previews. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code 
BellyUp20 at Manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. And we're back. All right. The leagues are the leagues are kicking off this weekend, particularly League League Un, La Liga, and the English Premier League are back in action this week. So much for me and Edward wanting to take a two. Well, Edward had a, quite the vacation. I didn't get one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, sure, we're back. vacation. Let's go with that. <laughs> but hey, we're back. We're back at it. So in League Un this season. So I I'll mention it as we as we as I talk about these teams. But the teams that are participating in this year's League Un season. Is Brest, Clermont Foot, Le Havre, RC Lens, Lille, pardon, pardon, pardon my Francais because it's terrible, Lorient, Lyon, Marseille, Metz, Monaco, Montpierre, Nantes, Nice, PSG, or should I, should I say Paris Saint Germain, uh, Stade Reims, Stade Rennes, Strasbourg, and Toulouse. So those are the teams that are featuring for this season. Um, so this year is going to be a little bit different for League One. They actually have decided to make the change of used to have twenty teams in League One. Now they're going to eighteen teams. So that means they've relegated four teams out of League One, and now they're down in League Two. But they we still have we still have two new teams being featured in this league on season. And that is Le Havre who haven't been in league on in 14 years and oh, wow. Mets who was, who was down in league two last season, but now they're back up. Yep. So uh, if you guys want to know who were the teams that got relegated down to league two, it was Oxieri, Ahasio, Troyes and Angers. So those were the unfortunate four that are going to be in league two this season. But obviously, there's a lot to be looking into League on this season. One, some of the stories that I, I, if Edward has any stories that he wants to mention, he has every freedom to do it. But some of the stories that I thought that was in, in, that's going to be interesting to watch is one: Benjamin Mendy is going to be in Lorient. His return to the game after obviously dealing with his uh, arrests and his allegations of rape. Um, his name has been cleared. Take that with a grain of salt, if you believe it or not. Um, I'm still on the fence of it personally myself, but Benjamin Mendy is now back playing, playing football. He's been away for this, this thing popped up when we first started the podcast. So it's been at least two years that he's been out of the game. Um, oh, yeah. it's and been a so, while. so yeah, he's going to be playing for Lorien. So it's going to be really, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens. Like, what is the reception of, of, of him from the crowds? Like, you know, it, can he play? Can he still play? I mean, two years—that's a lot, and <laughs> that's a lot to. Yeah, so we'll see how Benjamin Mendy performs. But, um, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. If you believe that he is, he is a free man or not, uh, that's it, up in the air. But, but yeah, Benjamin Mendy back back in the game. Yep. Yeah, um, but not really much else to say. Um, we have much. two coaching. Uh, two coaching changes that well, there's a lot of coaching changes, but two that are really interesting, which is Patrick Vieira, who's coaching Strasbourg this season. Obviously, he is no longer with Crystal Palace. I believe that he even showed interest in the U.S. men's national team job. Um, clearly, he did not get it because you know we have Kirk Bralter, which that's never gonna that's never gonna you know bother me in any way. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and Luis Enrique. 
leaving Spain to now coach PSG. That's going to be insane. Yeah, it's a PSG in general is going to be a, 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 a quite the story to follow just because like all that's going on over there from booing Messi, uh, you know, Mbappe wanting out, PSG trying to sell him to the Saudi league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, it, PSG is definitely a, uh, it's going to be an interesting story. But uh, any 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 storylines that you you find interesting for this season, Edward? I mean, not really. Uh, I'm just waiting to see what happens with Mbappe, Real Madrid. Okay. Hell, imagine, right. imagine imagine Man City, Haaland, and Mbappe. I'm a rage quit so bad if that happens. Um, all right, all right. What's what's your player to watch for for league on this season? For league on, hmm. well, I think I already said it. Mbappe, trying to see what's gonna be even, with even though he leaves. Yeah, the I mean, guy leaves. Saying, like, the guy trying to leave the league. I mean, maybe he's trying to leave the league, but then maybe he might stick around for one more season. Who knows? I think he's prepared to ride the bench. For what you told me, yeah, yeah. So, all right, but you're you're keeping an eye on him. Um, my player to watch is going to be Aubameyang. Um, obviously he made the move to Marseille. Uh, want to see, want to see how he how he finally gets to play now. <laughs> after you know, especially after his time with Chelsea. Um, it looked like he was going to be playing for Barcelona, but then that kind of that kind of went away. Yeah, that kind of. But once yes. they won, once they, it, it was it was like once they brought in Lewandowski, it was like yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're, we don't need him anymore. Yeah, so Aubameyang <laughs> is going to be the guy I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, the team to watch, Edward, is there is there any teams that you're looking forward to watching this season? Um, honestly, it's just it's hard to tell you when I know that. PSG is going to be the one that's always the one to watch to see how bad or good they do. Okay, I mean if that's it. If that's PSG, it's PSG. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say style of the Reams. I'm I, just because like they I believe they still have their coach there. Um, and if you guys don't know, the guy uh, style of the Reams uh, gets fined every time he he coaches because he's not licensed. Maybe you guys licensed now, but the guy's not licensed. So every time he plays. The team faces a fine. I don't know if they fixed that in any way because I mean the guy did a pretty decent job, but like I just think that that's just a very intriguing story about this guy that like really liked playing football manager and then became just was really savvy of a coach and literally is now coaching. Like he's he, it's like that Gran Turismo movie. The the, the guy that like in real and it's also funny enough that's based on a true story too, which is the kid playing Gran Turismo and now is driving a race car professionally yeah, sounds about right so like literally we could do a movie and just call it football manager and it's about his life uh, probably not an inch more it's not probably not as an appealing story as gran turismo is <laughs> but yeah so that's always going to be the 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 team the, just the team that's because i find it funny but all right edward if psg does not win league on which i've Sure, it's still like far fetched to think that that can't happen. It's because blank won. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, man. That's a toughie. <laughs> to be honest, if league, if PSG does not win league on, then everybody wins. <laughs> but... Yeah, right. <laughs> And everybody wins! Yay! <laughs> I'm I mean, gonna say Marcial. Marcial? Okay, I'm actually kind of with you. I'm with Marcial as well. But I, mean, I, I, were, I, I feel really confident that PSG is gonna win it though. Yeah, even shoot. with even with what what they're going through right now, and I think it's probably also more so because I, you know, Luis Enrique, he's a really respectable coach. Um, yeah. So I think it's more so that that I think Luis Enrique is, it, I, I'm confident in his abilities as a coach more so than PSG like fucking it up as a team. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to win Champions League, but I, I, I do, I do feel pretty confident that Luis Enrique can can get the job done and win another league untitled. Yeah. Yeah, but that's we'll league see. All right. La Liga, which is where me and Edward have more of our attention on because this is the league that we our yep, teams are in. The one we watch. Yeah. So the, the teams participating in this year's La Liga season is Alaves, Ameria, Atletico Bilbao, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Cadiz, Celta Vigo. Which, by the way, I'm surprised that Cadiz has still been up. <laughs> <laughs> They've been up since the show started. Since since Insert Name FC started. Cadiz has been up in 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 league in La Liga. That's so, true. Weirdly enough, a podcast of Salvadorians with the with the with the Spanish team that's known for for you know Mexico. So full circle moment there. Uh, but Celta Vigo, Getafe, uh, Girona, Granada, Las Palmas, Mallorca, Osasuna, Rayo Vallecano, Real Betis, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad. Sevilla, Valencia, and Villarreal. The new teams this season is Alaves after being away for one year, Granada also away for one year, and after being away from La Liga for five years, Las Palmas, which I believe Julian Araujo ends up he ended up getting signed over there from after yeah, Barcelona gave him the shit can. But so yeah, so those are the new teams that are coming into La Liga this season. Um, the stories to follow, like I said, Edward's free to mention any storylines he he wants to talk about at any point. But for me, I think it's got to be Jao Felix stating that he wants to leave, saying that he doesn't feel happy at Atletico Madrid and has mentioned that he wants a move to Barcelona. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of like throwing dirt in your fans' eyes at that point. I mean, you're young, you know, I understand that, but everybody was expecting him to be like the next Wonderkin. Like, everybody was expecting him to be like the 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 kid, the one to watch at Atletico Madrid in La Liga at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. And he didn't really flourish that much. Like, yeah, he has skills, he has the moves and everything. It's just every time... If you think about it, whenever he would be playing with like Luis Suarez, it was like they would put him at the winger, and that's when he would shine. But he was technically supposed to be a center field instead of a striker, you know. And so whenever he did, it's like all he would do is like do one face off and then go on ahead and face off against the goalie, and everything was all copacetic. It's just he couldn't finish because mm-hmm. he wasn't playing the position that the way that he plays, you know. 
Mm-hmm. No, he yeah, I think what he did at Benfica. Joe Felix definitely, I thought was somebody that needed a good World Cup uh, when he was in, you know, obviously in Qatar twenty twenty two, and um, even then he was quiet in that one. Um, Gonzalo Ramos was the guy that that got the attention. Um, yeah, really yeah. enough, a guy that plays for Benfica. Um, but yeah, like I, so like that was the thing that like Joe Felix obviously you know things weren't working at Atletico Madrid. He makes the he makes a loan move to to Chelsea. Um, and honestly, it didn't get any better uh, for him. Uh, I also think that him in Atletico Madrid was just never a good fit uh, to his playing style. I weirdly enough, he he probably would benefit in Barcelona system. Um, but obviously, if Atletico Madrid is going to sell him to Barcelona, Barcelona's got to pay up, which they don't have money. Um, at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> so, mm, I mean, you haven't been told wrong. Yeah, it's either that or Barcelona is just willing to give up players to get Jao Felix. Um, I don't know, man. And, I mean, it's already not a great look for Barcelona because, you know, they they finally, you know, they sold Dembele, which what's crazy thing is was a, like a weird transfer window was him and Coutinho, and they spent yeah. all this money for those two players and in return, I think, maybe got like 50, 50 mil. <laughs> so, yes. like, they didn't get any pro- – they had zero profit. Uh, if anything, they were negative profits, um, and you might even be, and you probably should throw in as well Antoine Griezmann as another, just yep. bad purchase. Um, yep. As much as I like, I like Griezy, he was a bad purchase. He wasn't the, he wasn't up to par for Barcelona, and it wasn't even his fault to be honest. It was just the way they used him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah. So Jao Felix, something to keep an eye on. Uh, for La, this La Liga season. Another one is Rafa Benitez is coaching Celta Vigo. Um, you guys remember Celta Vigo was on the verge of relegation. Um, obviously, oh, they yeah. didn't. Obviously, they did not get relegated. They're still in. But uh, obviously, they got they, they moved on from their coach, and now they're going with Rafa Benitez. Uh, Celta Vigo has a pretty decent roster. Um, Iago Aspas, weirdly enough, is still playing. Uh, unless he went to Saudi Arabia. I don't think I heard anything about him going to Saudi Arabia. But, he, you know, Iago Aspas is still there. Um, you have Luca De La Torre, which is a guy that I like personally from U- U.S. Men's National Team player. Um, so, I mean, they they have – they're they're pretty under the radar team. That not, you know, obviously, if you guys don't watch La Liga, you wouldn't know about them. But they have a pretty, a pretty good team. So, it's going to be interesting to see what Rafa Benitez does because, like, recently it hasn't really looked good for Rafa. <laughs> so – you know, he's 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 definitely been getting fired a lot lately. But hey, Jeez. I mean, but hey, maybe maybe Celta Vigo can can finally revitalize his career. I mean, his career hasn't been the same since. No, I take it back. Napoli, he had a good he had a good stint in Napoli. Um, I mean, they didn't win anything, but I mean, they, you know, he was able to keep a job for a while. Um, but yeah, and and for me, the other one is obviously. Mbappe and Real Madrid are basically Ross and Rachel. Like, are they going to get together? <laughs> kind of thing oh going God, for them. <laughs> are they going to get together? Are they going on I, a break? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that anymore, man. Damn. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like, will they, won't they? <laughs> like, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, PSG doesn't want it to happen. 
PSG is just like the angry ex that just doesn't want if they're like anyone but them. <laughs> yep. yep. But like it's like they're meant to be. Like let it be. <laughs> Look, Real Madrid needs a striker. It's clear as day that they need a striker. They they the number nine is still available as a jersey number. Uh, Jose Lu is not going to be the starting striker for Real Madrid. I was God about to say, forbid. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> God forbid. No, because they haven't even been using him for preseason. They, they'll bring him in as a sub, but they, they've been doing like a like a four a four uh well a four one two one two formation, the diamond. And so like I'm like, this is this is fucking weird. Because <laughs> like it's just it's it's not a formation that I'm used to seeing in Real Madrid that I'm used to them using the four three three. And so like you know, it, it's weird and I don't like it. And obviously, if they had an actual striker, they would be using the four three three, as I've yeah. seen it when Jose Lu does come off the bench, and then they then switch to a four three three. So like that's like kind of my frustration right now. But like it's because they want a striker and they want to get Mbappe, and I think if they don't get Mbappe, they're gonna go they're gonna go all in for Vlahovic. Um, you know, which Vlahovic does have some upside to him, but obviously he's not. He's not as proven as Mbappe is. Yeah. And, and that's fair to say for anybody versus Mbappe. It's like, they're just not as proven as he is. So, Real Madrid clearly wants Mbappe. I think that they're still... They're, they're playing... Like, they're, at this point, PSG is just doing this merry-go-round. You're already in the hole. You already gave him $60 million for a loyalty... For, for a loyalty cause, which that's so ironic that that's what you guys called it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> for your loyalty, here, sixty million. <laughs> um, great, great business there, PSG. Um, so, but yeah, the the Mbappe Real Madrid, the will they, won't they kind of thing is is going to be something that, especially as we're kind of going, we're we still have plenty of time in the transfer window. Uh, and obviously, I think Real Madrid wants to get wanted to get this thing done before the season started, but that you know, I mean. If they get it done, they need to get it done now. It was just speeches because I just compared this to Ross and Rachel. No, I'm just like, I'm just like, this dude here, he had to go ahead and bring friends into this. <laughs> I'm really impressed. I'm actually proud of myself for finding a way to have future friends into this episode. Dude. Dude, dude. But uh, all right, aside from that, Edward, is there any storylines that you are 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 looking to follow from this La Liga season? Mm, I'm trying to see if Barcelona is going to be able to even win this season again. Because I mean, they're literally right on the same ball they've been having for this this past season, and and with the debt that they have. Mm-hmm. Now that's a that's a fair point because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, dude, like, it's not like, and then plus, like I said, they lost Dembele, and now they're gonna have to rely on Ferran Torres because Ansu Fati is still not 100. Mm-hmm. percent So yeah, I mean, you still got Rafinha. Wow, that was crickets. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I mean, he's he's good and everything, it's just. Oh man, I I feel like I feel like he's still not fitting in, man. I feel like he's still not fitting in. So uh, right now the, the Dynamo are playing; they're up one 0 against Charlotte. Um, uh, and 
I think of players that I think it's Swiderski. Every time I hear Swiderski, I just think about that uh commentator that just mm-hmm. went full on Mickey Mouse. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, that happened. Um, so, but yeah, uh, but he went viral. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but okay, yeah. So Barcelona and their and their financial struggles is obviously something that is gonna be followed through. Like, you know, I, at this point, I think all Barcelona can do is hope that they're they can they can shit out academy players. I mean, Fermin Lopez. You know, shout out to him. Got player of the week last week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, oh. you know, like that's that's kind of where we're going now. Is like, he, you kind of have to resort to what, go back to what worked for you guys, which is weird that they moved away from that. Um, that I'm not saying that Barcelona aren't these big time buyers by all means, but I mean like, they've always like kind of something that and Edward has said it time and time again that they he wants them to use La Masia. To like use La Masia back, mm-hmm. um, and then go back to making those like we need th- uh, we need this guy in this role here, you know, like you got you got your solidified goal scorer in Robert Lewandowski, you know, why not use some La Masia players on the wings that have potential? You know, you have that young midfield, you have you have Ronald Araujo who covers who covers you know the other part of what Ter Stegen covers, like. You have like some solid foundation pieces on your team where you could put in some of these La Masaya players, and all they would have to do is just follow what these leaders are doing. But yeah, Barcelona, I think, is definitely one to keep an eye on. I mean, maybe they're going through their whole will they, won't they thing with Jao Felix, too, even though I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but player to watch, Edward, who's your player to watch this season? Um, so for this season. Hmm. I mean, you might <laughs> you might make fun of me, but I was gonna tell you, Jose Lu. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, dude, he's not a bad player. It's just you know. You he's know. not a bad player. He he's not a bad player. I have never said he's a bad player. I just know he's not the starting nine. <laughs> that's that's just my thoughts. But uh, okay, yeah, okay. I mean, Jose Lu, because I mean, if they don't get they don't get the Mbappe deal done, and maybe it's too late to go and get Vlahovic, or maybe Vlahovic goes to wherever he ends up going to, like it's just. That's gonna happen. Like it's just not gonna work out. So, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I get it. Jose Lu is gonna be someone to keep an eye on because it's kind of he's gonna be somebody to keep an eye on because he's gonna have a mantle to carry on him. I mean, think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, big shoes to fill in for Karim Benzema, but I, yeah. I get, I get that yeah. part. Uh, my player to watch uh, is, I mean, Drew Bellingham. Is, is, you know, I was uh, thinking about I was thinking about him, but then I was like, nah. I was like, I think he'll be all right. He just got to get his rhythm in there. He, the I mean, thing play, is like, a player to watch is a player to watch. Not necessarily means that they're gonna be bad or anything. But obviously, no, it's not. he's making. It's he, like, yeah, I feel. I feel like. I feel like he's his. Uh, I think with a few, maybe a couple of months, like he'll he'll get into it. But yeah, anyways, he's you know obviously the big signing for Real Madrid. May you know came came from Dortmund. Um, 
you know, rocking, rocking, bold move by rocking the number five, obviously, to pay tribute to Zenin Zidane. Um, but I mean, like, kind of what he, you know, he he's he's the big marquee signing for Real Madrid this season, unless Mbappe happens. Um, but you know, he's part of a really young midfield that once Tony Cruz and Modric, which I'm, I feel like we're probably going to start seeing them on the bench more often this season. Um, like it's going to be big on Bellingham to be able to be that key contributor that everyone hopes he's going to be, um, which is why he was brought to Real Madrid. Yeah. But all right. Uh, team to watch. Who's your team to watch uh, this season? I think I said it already. Barcelona. Just to see how they're going to cope with not their money troubles, but like with the players that they have right now that Mm. they can get. Honestly, like they can't really spend money. All mm-hmm. they can do is basically trade, and even then, trading it's like they're gonna have to down trade. Like they're gonna have to trade in. I don't know, fucking one of their good players to get like an okay player, you know, because of the money situation. Yeah, I get that. All right, I mean, I'm gonna try not to pick Real Madrid. So, um. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Real Betis. Obviously, Real Betis, you know, is always that team that like recently has been like flirting with the top four, uh, and then you know kind of dwindles out like at the second half of the season. You know, like what have they? What are some things that they've done to change that? You know, for where they can get to. Clearly, they're able to get into the top four. The question is, can they stay in the top four? And that's the thing that they haven't been able to do so far. So I, I'm really intrigued if Raul Betis has figured it out or maybe it's kind of near the end of their of their generation of players because, I mean, Andres Guardado, he's not getting any younger. He, he's your captain. So yeah. I, I think I think Raul Betis is going to be a team that I'm going to be looking at. Mm, okay, okay, okay. All right, Edward. If Barcelona does not win La Liga, it's because blank won. Real Madrid. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna second that. It's Real Madrid. There's still some questions with Real Madrid. I'm going to say there's, there's still a concern, which is obviously the ninth position. But aside from that, this team is pretty loaded. Um, so, and I, I think there's a rumor that uh, Tushami uh, might be leaving, uh, might be getting sent to Manchester United or, or somewhere else. I know there's a lot of teams interested in him, which means that like Kamavinga might have to be that CDM, which opens up that opportunity where you might have a could be a bad thing could be a, a good thing depending on how you view it but like obviously a midfield of Jude Bellingham Valverde and and Kamavinga doesn't look doesn't sound that bad either so but obviously Tushemi who had a really good season last year um so it's it, it's just something to keep an eye on but but yeah I, I agree also with with uh with Real Madrid uh sorry sorry Spencer we didn't pick we didn't pick Atletico Madrid um, of course we're not. The last, the last league that we're going to be covering, and that is, is the big one, English Premier League. So this year, the English Premier League is going to have Bournemouth, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Brentford, Brighton, Burnley, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Everton somehow, Fulham, Liverpool, Luton Town, Manchester City, Manchester United, Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United. Tottenham, 
West Ham United, and Wolves. So the new teams this season for the English Premier League is Burnley after being away for one year, Sheffield United after two years being away from the English Premier League, and Luton Town, who hasn't seen the first division in 31 years. And to make you guys feel, which Jesus Christ, this team is, this team, I've basically, this team hasn't seen the first league since I was born. <laughs> mm, damn. So, <laughs> sheesh. But also, Ludentown, when they were in the first division, the Premier League didn't exist. Mm. So, like, just even wow you even more. So, and also, Ludentown has become the first team promoted to the EPO from the fifth division. Obviously, the fact that they added the Premier League wherever they were in. So essentially, if you guys want to get an idea of what this means, what Wrexham is trying to do, what Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney are trying to accomplish with Wrexham, which now they're in League 2 now, mm-hmm. Town did it. Town is the example of all of us when we're playing FIFA, trying to do these road to glories, playing with a, sec- with, with a fourth division team in England and move them all the way up to the Premier League. Like, Town did it. It just took them 31 years to do it, but they did <laughs> we, you, we usually We usually do it in, like, what, three, four seasons? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, Luton so Town is re- legitimately a true road to glory story. Um, and so, yeah, that's just really cool. And as I, as I segue into the stories to follow, obviously Luton Town is going to be something to keep an eye on because – they haven't they've never been in the Premier League. They've been in the first division before, but that was back when the Premier League didn't exist. So this is yeah. just like huge, like huge in general of what they've accomplished. Um their stadium is tiny, you know. We're hearing the complaints about the stadium and all that, but it's just so cool. Like Luton Town, uh, is gonna be just it's just gonna be a fun story to watch them this season. Do they reg- do they do they do enough to stay in the Premier League or are they gonna get relegated back down? Um, is going to be something to be keeping an eye on. But just all in all, just know that the first game of the season, I'm going to be trying to watch Ludentown. Mm, okay. That's probably going to be, to be honest, like, I'll be probably watching them too, just to see how they can fare mm-hmm. against uh, those teams that have been in the EPO for the longest time. Exactly. I mean, it'd be it'd be a very Cinderella story if they go ahead and win the EPO in their first season, just like Leicester did. Well, that wasn't their first season, but no, I know that. But you know what I mean. They would definitely be like kind of similar to where when Leicester won, where everyone was nobody was mad at Leicester winning. Maybe some people, but like as far as like the 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 football spectrum or the soccer spectrum, depending how you feel about the word, um, yeah. A lot of people were just like, "Oh, that's all awesome!" Then, Leicester won the the Premier League, but right. uh, but yeah, Luton Town definitely a cool cool story to keep an eye on. Uh, Pochettino coaching Chelsea, so Chelsea obviously last year was just a complete another nightmare for everybody involved. Um, if you were a fan, if you if you were some sort of sporting director, <laughs> anything, just Chelsea was just a massive headache, and that's all thanks to Todd Bowley. Um, <laughs> Is there something you say? I have a feeling you do. What? 
You want to say something to Todd Bowley? No, nah, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing. It. <laughs> keep on grinding, bro. Keep 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 making Chelsea what it is today. Um, oh my god. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's just it, it. It's crazy to think you had Thomas Tuchel as your coach, yeah. and then he gets fired. Mainly because he kept telling Todd Bowley, no, we don't need Cristiano Ronaldo on this team. Um, which, if that's true or not, I, I can't tell you, but that was obviously the, what, what we've been told. Um, well, well, yeah, it's like what went down. Um, but yeah, so he fires him, goes after and gets Grand Potter. Grand Potter, after initially a really good start to his, his career in Chelsea, uh, goes down the pooper, especially when it's ironically enough, he loses to his former team, Brighton. Um, oh, yeah. So then he gets fired, and then they bring in this interim guy, and, I mean, you know, Chelsea ends up going, getting out in a very terrible position, um, probably one of their worst positions in a long time. Uh, and and then, obviously, they, they spent the most money out of all the teams in the Premier League. I mean, they went after Enzo Fernandez. They went after uh, – they just signed player after player after player. Um, obviously. This season, they you know, they went to go get uh, Christoph and Cuckoo. Um, I think there's some other players as well, but they they've also lost a lot of players as well. They lost Kovacic, um, a lot of guys that went to <laughs> to the Saudi league. Um, I, but yeah, so the, like it, the club is definitely different. They still have a lot of good players because they did spend a lot of money. Um, you know, so they're still they still have some quality on that team, um, but. You know, obviously, you you bring in Pochettino, um, which is a guy that me and I would like to troll a lot, but he's not a bad coach either. Um, but I think he's definitely going into a really, really rough situation. Um, so yeah, Chelsea is definitely going to be a story to keep following, just because like, what does Todd Bowley do this time around? Does he change anything from last year? That maybe he realized that maybe I need guys that understand soccer and not guys that understand baseball. To, to to really make this team functionable. Yep. I mean, who knows? But yeah. I honestly don't I honestly don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And then um at least for me, it's Arsenal. Obviously they went off you know, coming off of a season where they really exceeded everybody's expectations. Even even with the fact that they bottled up and not they were not able to win the Premier League. But let's face it, Manchester City is just they're just that team. Um but you know they added some big pieces. They went out, they went and spend the big money. They went to go get Declan Rice. They brought Kai Havertz for some odd reason. Uh, you know he's been they, playing good. He's been playing good. Um, <laughs> Hold on. I thought I said that. See, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Hold on. Um, you know you you go get Jurian Timber. Um. You went and got David Raya for some odd reason. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And, I mean, apparently, you know, Arsenal fans think that they can go get Kylian Mbappe, too, while we're at it. Um, but, you know, they added some key pieces. Um, you know, obviously, they moved away from players as well. You know, Xhaka's gone. Thank God. Um, I figured you'd be happy about that. <laughs> um, um, where was I going with this? Um, you still have Zinchenko, who I think was still pretty a pretty good signing that they made. Uh, you know, hope hopefully a, a healthier Gabi Jesus. 
But, you know, there there's still some things that I think uh, Arsenal still needs to tinker, especially if they want to compete with with uh with uh Manchester City, but yeah, what's their what what are they how what are they how are they gonna follow up from last year's performance uh this year for Arsenal? I think it's something to keep an eye on. But um, uh, anything to add, Edward, or is there another uh, another storyline that you want to follow? Mm, truthfully, I I do want to see where Manchester United is gonna end up because I mean, to be fair, Ten Hag has been the manager that's been there for a, for a while now and. He hasn't gotten canned yet. Um, don't think he's gonna get canned because he's little by little he is getting results, and they're being patient with him. So I mean, you guys are in the Champions League this year, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Little by little, there's results. Um, I, I mean, hard as... Anthony was definitely a big letdown last season. Um, it's crazy to think that like they got they got so much better after Ronaldo left. Um, yeah. uh, you know, Marcus Rashford started looking like what everyone thought Marcus Rashford was going to be. Uh, you know, I think Casemiro is a, is a pretty good signing. I love, I love like the, the photo that everyone that honestly, it was just a very poorly taken photo of, of Casemiro <laughs> to be. And I think it was his suit too. Huh? It was his suit as well. Like yeah, it, it was just like wearing. a bad like they just got him in a really bad angle where it made him look like a lot fatter than obviously he's not fat, but it was just like that image is just that's that's just gonna go down forever in history. But um, you know, you got Casemiro, you you win and got uh uh Mason Mount wearing yeah. the number seven. That's gonna that still feels that's weird. a big that's a big number that's a big something to feel but yeah mason mount that's going to be someone to keep an eye on that midfield is stacked according to people um yeah <laughs> um harry mcguire is still there hopefully ten hog is just going to keep him on the bench and and just let that be because uh i mean lisandro martinez since coming in from from ix has just been that guy like he's been that he's been the he's which, been the go-to guy. You know, they like, say that he's insane. short. They've been saying, oh, he's short. and I get short for a center back. I get it, short for a center back. But when I saw his height, I think he's like five ten. I mean, that's not like that's not like a short guy. I mean, compare if you put him next to a six foot five guy. Okay, I can see the height difference, but like put him next to Erling Haaland. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's just not fair. But he makes up with his he, he makes it up with his spunk, and and so the guy's got moxie. I mean, I like this. I like watching Lisandro Martinez play. That dude just dude. He has good footwork for a center back. Yeah, He's quick. Honestly, that guy could probably play defensive midfield. <laughs> but... Yeah, he could. He could honestly. But the thing is, like, what sucks is like, oh man, like, and the thing is, it happened. You know, during the the friendlies, the those little tournaments that they've been having. You know, like the the USA mm-hmm. Championship tournaments and stuff. Yeah, it's just. Harry Maguire is just—he's been doing shit again, you know. Like it's just, yeah. The, if it's not Rafael Varane and 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 Lisandro Martinez starting at center back, I I don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, maybe maybe do fire Ten Hag. Um, if, Dude, if I see that would suck. If I see I mean, Harry Maguire, if I see Harry I mean, Maguire that's... starting for Manchester United, I'm sorry, but even as someone that's not a Manchester United fan, I'd be like, "Dude, just fire him." <laughs> what are we doing? No, but you also got to think about it this way too. Like, if you think about it, the previous manager also 
wasn't using Harry Maguire. And the one time they used Harry Maguire, the couple of times they used Harry Maguire, he got canned. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's like... And also, so you it's know, like, forgot to mention, Onana's also there for Manchester United now. No, yeah, that's right. So, good hey, signing. Onana be yelling, yelling at Harry Maguire, man. He don't get Good, good signing. Good signing. I, I hate that, that he ended up there <laughs> because he's good. You guys have one worldly goalkeeper, and now you get another one. It's just not fair. Um, hey, man. Hey man, it's got to be done. I love Aaron. You got, you got somebody. You got you got you got somebody like Harry Maguire back there. You got to fucking have a badass goalkeeper because if not, you yeah. I mean, Harry Maguire sure loves to score on y'all. Um, <sighs> Bro, that's so sad. I don't even honestly. For a that. moment, I thought Farfan was Harry Maguire watching that Inter Miami FC Dallas game. Oh, I was like, Harry Maguire, is that you? That's too soon. <laughs> too soon, bro. Too soon. That you, too that you, Harry? Too soon. Hey, you got tan. No, too soon, that too Texas, soon. he got you. <laughs> um, but, oh, but no, yeah, match tonight, that's going to be one. All right, player to watch. Who's your player to watch this season? Honestly, I'm excited about um, – I'm excited about Kai Havertz. To be honest, like I, he jumped ship, basically. Yeah, he went from Chelsea over there to Arsenal, and I just want to see. He's been look. He's been playing really good for Arsenal. Like I, I, I like he's been moving the ball a lot. He's had his shots. He's had really good passing. So I want to see what he's gonna do, and especially when they go against Man U. Mm-hmm. Like I want, of course, I'm, I want to see. Hopefully, he doesn't do good, but you know. It's whatever happens, happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I always remember when when Kai Havers got got sold to Arsenal. Um, when I still worked for the Dynamo, there was a he's a he's a video analyst for the academy, and uh, he's he's a like he's a big Chelsea fan, and so he actually on his on his phone screensaver he has a picture of Mason Mount. I I, I know I know I know what you're asking, but anyways. So when the rumors were going around that Mason Mount was probably going to go to Manchester United, and then they already announced Kai Havertz going to Arsenal, uh, he what he did was go straight to the Chelsea store to go buy, you know, go buy because he you know he he was a big Kai Havertz and Mason Mount fan, so he was going to mm-hmm. go buy a Mason Mount and Kai Havertz jersey, but he said he was going to wait on the Mason Mount jersey till like his price the the jersey price dropped, and I mean. This dude is like barely, like, I think a little bit over twenty one years old, and I was like, man, this guy's thinking about specials like this. He's good. He's got. A, he's got a great life ahead of him because I wish I made financial decisions like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. But so the reason why I pointed that out was because like when he went onto the online store at Chelsea, the Chelsea's online store, he could not find a Kai Havertz jersey. Like they took it off the store. Oh yeah, I think like they, I think they the made it. Shop even took it. Yeah, you couldn't. You could still buy a Mason Mount jersey. There was a discount for it, but I think it was obviously because it was the old jersey. But there was like yeah. zero Kai Havertz jerseys, like yeah, because the signing just happened. Yeah, as soon as I was like, man, Chelsea, way to way to be petty about it. <laughs> but but yeah, um, no. I think... But didn't you didn't you hear when they announced the the way that they they announced the Kai Havertz going to Arsenal was like I think he was at somebody's wedding, one of his uh, teammates' wedding. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, and then apparently, like, that's when they got got him that box with the Arsenal jersey and shit. And he's like, I'm a gunner now or whatever. And all his all his teammates were there. 
like Chelsea teammates. That's that's just awkward. Yeah, and that's just awkward. But yeah, so um, but yeah, so Kai Havertz is a good one. My, for me, my player to watch. Um, I mean, how does how does he how does he top what he did last year? Like, how does this this guy this per? I don't even know if he's a person at this point. I don't I don't know. If, I don't even know if he's real. I've, at this point, I'm that lady in the in the air in the airplane. Like that motherfucker ain't real, and that's Erling Haaland. Like, I mean. The guy comes in his first season with Manchester City. To be fair, it is Manchester City. But breaks the Premier League's goal record in a season. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, forever is going to be known. That one guy that was saying that it's ridiculous that everyone thinks that Erling Haaland is going to come and mm-hmm. just dominate this league. Like, he was saying that there, there was no way. He's not going to live up the hype. Well, he not only did he live up the hype, but he brought... He brought Manchester City a treble. He not only did he bring them a treble, he brought them their first ever Champions League. To be fair, he didn't really do anything in the Champions League final. But he no, did. he was a distraction, dude. That, yeah. that dude there, bro. Yeah. I mean, like it this was his last year was his debut to the Premier League. I I just like how do you top that in your second year? Um, is there gonna be a slump or is he if is it business as usual for Erling Holland? Mm, that's that's a, that's a good one, and that's a good one to watch. Cause I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker ain't real. <laughs> He's a cyborg. He's an android. He's an android. Oh man, that 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 lady is forever gonna just regret ever doing that. Um, yeah. but yeah, all right, team to watch. Team to watch. Team to watch. I have to go with Chelsea to see where they're going to end up. Okay, I'm actually right there with you. I'm with Chelsea. Um, it's, you 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 talking about novellas going on with with with, uh, with Barcelona? I mean, dude, freaking last year Chelsea we hired Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like. It's like the it's just the gift that keeps on giving is what Chelsea's been doing for me. Um so yeah, Chelsea is definitely gonna be the team to keep an eye on just because like it's insane. But but yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. So Edward, if Manchester City does not win the EPL, it's because blank won. Manchester United. Okay. Okay, sipping on the Kool Aid. I mean, they yep. did make good. They did add good additions. To be fair, Manchester City hasn't really signed anybody besides Kovacic. Uh, that I can really think that's like worth noting. Okay, well, they did get that Croatian center back, but like, I mean, center backs are important. I'm not saying that they're they're not, but I mean, like, my my point being is just that like you know, any new pieces to the midfield. It's also funny because Calvin Phillips is still on the team, and I, I keep forgetting that every single day. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you just guy, see him on the sidelines. Like, that guy could go, literally play for any other Premier League team. And, yeah, he does not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, 
Yeah, uh, man, this is this is tricky because if Manchester does not win the the English Premier League, it's because I don't want to be a fanboy. I don't want to be a fanboy. You can say it. I think they're still missing. I I think they're still missing something in the attack. Like I like Kai Havertz, but I I just don't know if he's going to be consistent enough for me. And this, and Gabby Jesus, the only thing that kills him is just his health. Weirdly enough, if they do get it, if they actually win all out to get Mbappe, I would be more confident to say <laughs> to say they would. But I, I, but I don't think I don't think it, I don't think Arsenal wins the Premier League. I don't think they're there yet, um, especially because they're going to be tested with Champions League this year. So I don't know how like how deep how how really deep they are. You know what I mean? Whereas Manchester United. Fuck, am I really going to say Manchester United? <laughs> I do like what they did. Um, maybe, I think Anthony can turn it around. Jaden Sancho finally gets to play. I think that's that's always going to be a big boost. I think Jaden Sancho is going to be a big boost for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to say Manchester United as well. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to, I was going to try to say Liverpool as well, but there's just like Liverpool hasn't really done anything to like, Maybe go. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I think they'll do better I mean, this year. Look, I think Liverpool is Liverpool. Like they'll they'll pull it. They'll pull it off somehow. They'll do something. But I don't think they're, no, they're I agree. going to be the winners. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I think when you have to like check everything down, I would. It it really does go between Arsenal and Manchester United, and I just don't think Arsenal's ready yet. So I, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Manchester United. I mean. Honestly, it's Manchester City. Manchester City is probably going to win the Premier League. But, like, yeah. That's all I got to say. All right, man. Players of the Week. Players of the Week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an amazing apparel company that has partnered with the Players Associations of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and so many more. They have shirts that are amazing materials, super comfortable, have passed the fat boy test, according to Kelsey Coyne of High Low Sports. And the best part is obviously these designs, which are amazing, all go back to the players of the leagues that I mentioned earlier. I am a huge Astros fan. I'm from Houston. Suck a dick if you don't like that. Um, <laughs> and and I got me a Jeremy Pena shirt. I got me a Kyle Tucker shirt. It, the like I said, I love these designs. I love I love what I love what it all stands for. So if you guys care about the players' associations. Well, go to intheclutch.com, use the code insert name at checkout, and you'll save yourself 10% off your purchase. Once again, intheclutch.com, use the code insert name at checkout, save yourself 10% off your purchase. But, Edward, who's your player of the week? All right, so my player of the week, and you might be happy about this one, is Aaron Ramsdale from Arsenal, the goalkeeper, who had four saves and a penalty stop in Arsenal's one uh 1-1 one, one tie, but they went to penalties, and they won 4-1 to one against Manchester City for the FA Community Shield. Holy legit trophy. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Oh. It is a legitimate oh. award. It, is, it it kicks off the season on a high note. Um, I do love Pep, Pep Guardiola's, like, petty comment, uh, which was, like, what was it? Because uh, they're, like, we've been there three times in a row. And, and they're like, like, how do you like, like you guys have lost the, the some announced some reporter was like, you so you guys have now lost 
the community shield three times in a row. And he's like, yeah. He's like, how do you do that? And he's like, we win the Premier League three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that's a that's a fair. <laughs> you're, fair you're like, damn, I don't know what to say to this. I was like, man, if I wasn't a Pep Guardiola fan before, <laughs> man, this this dude's like tact, like he's even tactful with his with his comebacks. I mean, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> he doesn't just he doesn't just just talk like Mourinho, where he's like. When you ask me about that, and there's a child starving, and this, this, and this, and this, the other, and that's when you're just like, "What are you talking about, dude?" I'll just remind him about his awkward proposal that he had to be in front of. Um, oh, no, like, but like, just like the fact that this report is like, I got this guy. I'm gonna make him feel like shit for losing the for losing the community shield and he's, oh, he's like you have now lost it three times in a row how do you do this he's like by winning the premier league three times in a row i was just like it's not you know it's like when you say you you're like you're thinking in your head this whole time with this comeback you're like oh man if they tell me if they tell me this i'm gonna hit them so hard with this yeah but the thing is like he just came up with it on the spot i'm pretty sure yeah i mean yeah so but Aaron Ramsdale, I mean, it, it's really cool, really solid win. I mean, when I saw that howler of a goal that 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 um, I believe his name is Palmer. Uh, the, oh yeah, the, Palmer. Yeah, yeah, the academy player for uh, for Manchester City. I mean, when he when he scored that goal, I was like, oh god. You were like, oh god. I, <laughs> I was just to, like, what, what a goal! I couldn't even be mad. There's no way you could stop that. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it was that was just a. <laughs> Trossard's goal is just like a what the fuck happened there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll take like, it. You're like, her, her? <laughs> I was like, I'll take that one. Um, but yeah, man, that's gotta that's gonna be that's gotta suck for, for Kevin De Bruyne though, to hit the post. Uh, crossbar actually, hit the crossbar. And then uh Rodri was the one that got saved by Ramsdale. But yeah, no, solid performance from Ramsdale. Once again, like I'm not entirely sure the why they're going after David Raya, but because I I'm very I feel very confident Aaron Ramsdale, like this is coming from a guy that would love to see Matt Turner start, and I'm like I can't I can't let that happen because Aaron Ramsdale's been he's been that guy I just I just love him like he's just he's him to me, like he's him yeah like I mean you know how like I adopted Rodrigo I might re- I might adopt Aaron Ramsdale as well, uh like they he's also my adopted son, it's, it's just like. Jesus. Like he's just he's just a guy. Like I, I'm he's just a guy, you know. Like in in sports, like there's always like uh, every he's there's every there's always a guy on the team that's just like that's a guy, and that's Aaron Ramsdale. Guy. Yeah, Aaron Ramsdale's a guy. So yeah, I like him. But good pick, Edward. Um, my player of the week. I, I guess like now that he's in the MLS, you don't you don't pick him anymore. Um, and that's Lionel Messi. No, it's not that. I mean, it's just I'm still overseas. Trust yeah. me. I wanted to pick Messi the very first first match, but then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. Well, I got Lionel Messi. He scored two goals in Inter Miami's four. Should be honestly a hat trick, to be fair. Um, but obviously, Farfan unlocked his inner Harry Maguire. Um, but in Inter Miami's four four uh four four draw in regular time and then went uh five three penalties which Messi did score technically scored a hat trick because he scored his third goal in, in the penalties but obviously that doesn't count against FC Dallas which 
obviously, like, one, it's messy, but two, it's FC Dallas. And for, sorry, sorry, uh, Jose, tell, Jose of Goals, Goals TV, but it's always going to be fuck FC Dallas. So, <laughs> sorry, but. <sighs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. You 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 partnered with a a Houston Dynamo fan, and so. Oh yeah, that, what else always... were you expecting? Yeah, what else? It, just be glad I said FC Dallas. I could have I could have said FC Frisco, which I did. Oh, I just okay. I just said it now. Like I mean, but yeah. All right, so there are some games coming up this weekend. Obviously, um, before we get going to like the league, the the other leagues, there's I mean, there's other competitions going on, which is the German Super Cup. Bayern Munich versus RB Leipzig. Um, obviously, Bayern Munich winners of the of last year's Bundesliga by the, their the by their chinny chin chins, and RB Leipzig who won the DFB Pokal. So they'll be facing off in the Super Cup. A uh, lot has changed for Bayern Munich, and I don't think they got better. Essentially, I mean they're waiting on a Harry Kane uh, to happen. But right now, this is probably this is like RB Leipzig's chance to like get Danos, you know, this is their time that they could, they should get the, they should aim for the head kind of <laughs> moment for them. Um, and also AFC Wimbledon taking on Wrexham, uh, league two is already, is already one game into their season. I honestly completely forgot about it, but Hey, you can start watching Wrexham now in league two. So if you're, if you're following whatever Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElney is doing like I am. <laughs> so that's like some random games going on. Obviously, we got the quarterfinals for the Women's World Cup. If if you're here in the United States, w- waking up at like four in the morning, props to you. You have my respect. Um, and that's in Texas. I can only imagine in California, it's like one in the morning. So, Jeez. so yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Lee's Cup. That's still going. Go ahead and check that out. Um, Lee, right now, wait. It's halftime. Dynamo are, are up one nil. So Dynamo might be facing off Inter Miami. Uh, so. Maybe, 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 no, maybe I'll drop an update here. That's going to be a hell of a match. Huh? That's going to be a hell of a match. No, it's not. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be, I'm not confident in this Dynamo team. <laughs> I would have even said that when I still work for the Dynamo. Um, all right. League on. We got Nice versus Lille. Keep an eye on for that one. Marcio versus Saya de Reims. Once again, that coach. They're going to, Saya Reims is prepared to pay another fine. Uh, and PSG versus Lorient. Obviously, PSG. There's a lot of drama going there, but obviously, Lorient also has got their <laughs> kind of put themselves in some drama as well. But you know, if you know, you know. I mean, we already mentioned it, but so that's what's going on in League One in La Liga. Sevilla taking on Valencia will actually be the first match of of the season. Um, Athletic Club Bilbao versus Real Madrid. See what what happens there. And Cadiz taking on Alaves. See how they do in their return to La Liga. Um, so, really good stuff. In the English Premier League, we got Chelsea versus Liverpool and Manchester United versus Wolves. And Brighton taking on Luton. Luton making their English Premier League debut. Um, and if you guys want some, just a little bit of context about this match, the last time Luton played Brighton in a competitive game was February of 2009. Damn, That's I was over going, ten years ago. I was going into my, I was going into my last semester of my senior year of high school. I was already two years out of high school. Yeah, 
So I was literally 18. I was 18 years old when this game happened. And now I'm 31. So, yeah, that is that is food for thought about the, 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 the all these old jokes about Luton Towns can be just so funny. Because, um, you know, that every single game last time Luton Town played this game, this team, it was the year was something this. So this is going to be really insane about what's going on with Luton Town. But I'm all for it. Right. But obviously there's more games to go check out. But this is this is just a good beginner's guide if you guys aren't sure what to keep an eye on if you're trying to get into soccer. So. We're going to go ahead and take one more break, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this show up with our three up, three down, and and it is the League on jerseys. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. And we're back. All right, three up, three down, and it is the new jerseys for League on this season. I'll go first, and then Edward Spencer did not send me his list, so that's where we are. So starting with my three down, I am going to go with... At number three, Olympic Leon's away jersey. Really? I'm not really a. I don't know. I don't like the the O the, the OL logo. It's just not like I know it's like an homage to their throwback jerseys, mm-hmm. but I I just don't. I I personally am not a fan of it. Okay. So so that's me. Uh, my second down. Is um is a PSG's third kit. Really? The like looks like a camo kind of deal. Yeah, that's that's main. That's exactly the reason why I don't like it. Um, if you guys understand, uh, obviously I'm a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, uh, but along with that, uh. There's a, there's a, a certain uniform that a lot of mil, like including the people in this military branch that never understood the logic and that was when the army they call it the ACU I, don't ask me what the acronym is because I fucking don't know but they're called the ACUs and it was these gray camis and I'm sure Edward's seen them I'm sure you've seen them it was like like in the two thousand like in the early two thousands this was the army uniform was these gray these gray uniforms with the Velcro and all that. <clears throat> and the reason why I had such a big gripe with it was because obviously during that time we were in war with Afghanistan and Iraq. In what scenario would gray camis, camouflage, if you guys don't know what camis means, would gray camouflage benefit in a desert? Yeah, you think like, like a like a sand brown or sand yeah. beige color. And the reason why I like, and it's not just me as a being like an army hater. Obviously, I am because I'm I was in the Marine Corps. I was in in a real military branch. Um, but like, it's not only that, but it was just because like even dudes in the army were saying like this makes no logical sense to go into a war in a desert wearing gray. 
especially when you're nope. in the desert. You would probably want to wear color. Like, if you're going to wear camouflage, maybe have it be very similar to, I don't know, the desert. And so, but like, like I said, it was even a gripe that, like, even guys in the Army had with that uniform. A lot of people in the Army, I've heard, actually don't didn't really like the ACUs. So, and don't get me started with the Navy, with the Navy's camis, because <laughs> it was these, like, blue... Uh, it was it was this blue and black camis, and like, it's for us we kind of like poke fun at it because we're like, why would you want to wear blue camis if you guys are on a ship? And obviously, because like if you if someone were to fall into the ocean, like you're not gonna be able to find them. Right was was the joke, but anyways, yeah. So I digress. That's all, that's the reason why I, don't, I didn't like it. Um, and my number one is. Is um, oh man, let me see. It's gonna be uh, Stade Brest, uh, Brest, uh, jersey, and it's just like I don't, it's just it to me, it's just boring. Honestly, you could probably say you could say breast for both breasts, but like the away jersey more. It's just it's just a boring jersey to me. But yeah. Okay. So that's my my three down. All right. So here's my three down. So my three down is the AS Monaco jersey, the third third kit. It's just very plain looking, man. Very plain. I mean, their jersey, it's it's a kappa, but both of their jerseys, their jerseys look kind of plainish, but the third one is just so dull, bro. Yeah, I think I think this is like one of those times where like not having a sponsor on your jersey definitely doesn't help you. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I was like, it just looks really dull. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, I was like, I, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it at all. Uh, all right. Then my second, no, my number two down. Uh, I guess I could use the kind of torn. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between two of them. Let's see, uh... okay, I guess I'll pick this one. Uh, my number two. Is the the Claremont honestly not all of them? Not because of the colors, but it's because like they got one, two, three, four. I think like four, like they got four on the front of their of their. They got the freaking uh, sponsors. So, are you just saying Claremont in general, or yeah, like Claremont in general? 
because like they it's just like i understand like having like one major sponsor or maybe like on their sleeves and stuff but they just have them like right there on the collarbone on the chest the crest the team crest and then the stop stop match okay i was like damn like you know looking like and a league guy mackey's jersey yeah pretty much that's what i was about to say something you know but then my number one and i think you may or may not agree with me uh go. the the lil the away jersey it just it the, just looks the too polka dots. yeah like uh, i mean shoot it just i don't understand that like it just looks like someone just splattered paint like random colors and stuff like they just splattered paint all over the freaking painting and stuff Mm. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. So that's all. I was like, nah, I don't like that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm standing on my my threes. Okay. Mhm. Those are my three downs. All right, my. So my now going to my three ups, for my number three I got Lil's third kit. Oh yeah, that's that's a nice one. I like that one. Yeah, I, I like it. I always love it when they also like have the badge. When they do something with the badge as well, like it's not just they don't use the like the original colors of the badge. Like I like it when it like when they kind of like camouflage it also into the jersey. Yeah. Uh, so like exactly. I I like I like that a lot. Uh, my number two. I feel like I always put this team in my in my in in my three ups. Uh, but Marcio is away kit. Okay. Like that that blue just pops, and with the like kind of same thing. They they white out the the Marcio jersey, the white Marcio mm-hmm. badge. So I like I like it a lot. And then my number one. Um. There's like a lot of good jerseys, uh, <laughs> but like to be number one, uh, I I'm actually gonna say, I'm gonna say Monaco's away kit. Like even Monaco's without the away. sponsor, I like it. I like it. It's clean. Yeah, it's just simple, but it's the the black and gold. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And then also the badges in gold. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, that's my three up. Okay, okay. I can respect that. I can respect that. All right. So let me see. So my three up. Number three, probably because I always end up. My number three is gonna be. The PSG home jersey. Simplistic. I mean, it has the original PSG colors and stuff. I don't mind the design of, like, them trying to do, like, kind of, like, the two-tone color kind of stuff like that and then trying to make it, like, a fade, like, a line that fades in between. It's all right. It's okay, you know. Um, you know, I was I was actually kind of torn, believe it or not, between the camo-looking thing and uh and because it's just it's just flush like 
the emblem is flush with it with the gray, but then also the the Paris Saint Germain OG one is just pretty good, the home one. Um number two, my number two is gonna be the Olympic Leon home. It just looks nice. Looks very crisp, very clean. Uh, like with the gold. You know what? Kind of reminds me of the Real Madrid jersey, but this one has like the red, white, and blue. Maybe yeah. the American side coming out of it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think I think Leon has always has like a really clean jersey, and they kind of did mm-hmm. also that kind of their traditional thing where they always have that that stripe. Yeah, that the stripe. Blue, yeah, the blue and red stripe. And mm-hmm. I I like their decision of having it like on the like having the badge on top of it, like having it on the side where the where the team where the team crest is at. Yep. So and then my number one is the Lil third jersey. It's just that third jersey, bro. That it's just clean. That blue, like that mm-hmm. that dark blue, is just fire, dude. Funny enough, you have like you feature Lil, like uh, on your on your number one down and your number one up. Yep, I know. I had to kind of play it, balance it out, you know. Yeah, no, but yeah, that's that's a, it's a nice jersey. Like I really like yeah. it. Like I think the fact that like you and me are not fans of a of a league on team. Like I do feel like sometimes we can kind of get away with getting some league on jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. Right. And the, yeah. Cause there's some cool jerseys and it's just like, I'm not a fan of any of these teams. So I could just get it and not have to worry about like my affiliation. Like, I mean, I got a PSG Jersey um, and it's, it's because of Sergio Ramos, but like, yeah, it, it's just, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I do think like, it does benefit when you're not a fan of of any particular team in the league because you could just like you and me could go get like a a sporting jersey and then also go get a Benfica jersey if we want to, or the same thing with Rangers and, and Celtic. Even though we probably don't want to be wearing those at, at a Rangers Celtic game because you know, oh yeah, oh. we want to be alive, but yeah, we want to leave out of there alive. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's just like one of those things that are kind of cool. Obviously, when we're talking about La Liga, like you wouldn't catch me dead wearing a Barcelona jersey, whereas same thing with Edward, you wouldn't catch him wearing a Real Madrid jersey. Yeah. And um, it almost happened. Whenever they remember in the team, they were choosing like, Oh yeah, we should play with this team. We should play with this oh, yeah. Real Madrid jersey when Real Madrid jersey. That's the why like, I, I will always I like, say I'm like, out. I was like, I'm out of it. I was like, I'm out. I was like, I'm like out. I always tell people, bro, like if you're gonna do like a a rec league team like the jersey that you pick, it's it it is important, and it's because like there's people that won't rock a jersey. Like, like I would steer steer away from the English Premier League. I'd steer away from La Liga. I I like I think I think Portuguese league would be a safe bet. France is a safe bet. Like I don't think anybody was tripping when we wore PSG jerseys. Um, nope. I think you felt a little weird wearing the Bayern Munich jersey. I felt but, weird, yeah. I was like, yeah, but it's a it's a black and gold. I just kept thinking it was the Ajax jersey. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ajax that would have been awesome to wear Ajax, but like, yeah, yeah. But obviously, everyone wants to wear the Man U jersey or want to wear the Barcelona. They're like, it is like, but if you really think about it, like what, you're... the second the second uniform was the Chelsea jersey, and then after that, nothing happened. They wear Chelsea. Yeah, afterwards, like. The, after the PSG one, they they all got a uh, the Chelsea jersey and stuff. Oh, and I'm, that was, I I wasn't there for that then. Yeah, the the season basically ended like 
unfinished because they got all kept losing and stuff. And I'm over here like, hey, man, I mean, you guys got to keep showing up, if anything. But that's the thing. Like the last four four games, I think it was like nobody showed up. That's why, like, when people when when we when we did the the indoor team, like, I was like, are y'all are y'all doing it to be competitive, or y'all really like, are you trying just to do it just to have like something to do on, to like get fit and everything like that, like just get some exercise, like you don't care the results, and it was like clear as day when they were getting mad about losses. It's like, dude, we're especially when like the early the early days of the team, oh, yeah. we were just like, dude, we're just not good. Like, we've never oh, played yeah. with each other. And then also, like, the fact was, like, there was people that just didn't get the concept, like, I can get on the bench and sit for a while and then come back in. Like, that was, to me, probably, like, the most, like, frustrating part, especially for, like, like I especially because you would have to, like, kind of force yourself into the game. Because, yep. like, if, so, you know, because, like, so-and-so is not going to, like, there's those people that would, like, jump in front of others to get back in the game. So it's just, yep. like. If you don't understand, if you just don't, if you refuse to understand the league, really enough, I'm saying things like people, what I say about people with MLS. If you just don't try to understand the league, like you don't have to play the whole game. Like you really don't have to. Like you can take a breather. Like there's, it, it, you're no one's take calling like you a three bitch. Three minute breather and then, then just like no one's gonna call you oh. a bitch for not playing twenty minutes. Yep. So yeah, it was it was that that was just its own. It was ordeal. hectic. It was hectic. It was hectic. Yeah. But all right, that is the episode. I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. Check out their website, bellyupsports.com. Also follow them on Instagram and X at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. Um, shout out to Goals TV, man. Um, once again, really excited to be being be featured on their site. If you guys want, follow them on Instagram at goals with a Z, G-O-L-Z dot TV. Or you can follow them on X. And I actually do both. And at X at goals, once again, with a Z, G-O-L-Z underscore TV. So you guys are in the know of what they're dropping. They have gotten a lot of other podcasts, a lot of YouTube content creators all into this platform already. Like I said, go check it out, especially if you're if you're looking for if maybe maybe you're a St. Louis SE fan and you're not seeing someone creating content for St. Louis SE. There is a channel in there that covers St. Louis SC. Or maybe you're a big fan of, of all the Texas teams in MLS. Well, they got that for you. They not they don't they they do more than just MLS, man. Go check it out. It's a lot of great stuff, man. I highly recommend it. And of course, shout out to our man, our legend, Roosevelt Spencer, the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. Um it's um it's getting you know, we're going into the, the final half of this of this voting process. Uh Pedri is still <laughs> leading the leading it, but you got Erling Haaland behind him. Lionel Messi is kind of sneaking himself back into the conversation as well. Um, which is funny because we have never awarded it to Messi. It's been Robert Lewandowski. Um, but but still it, this is definitely, you know, the namesake. But Aside from enough about the award, we got to talk about the man that's, that's the names award for. But Spencer, man, does everything for us, man. He, you know, he edit, he edits the beat, he makes all the beats, the intros and outros. I've kind of given him a break because you know, uh, I've relieved him of some some uh, of the ed- of like pr- of ed- create. Uh, I actually edit the episodes now. Like I actually am the one that like puts the episodes together. 
um, obviously because Spencer has a hectic schedule. But I mean, the beads that the beads are all still 100% Spencer, and we love him so much, man. Um, if you guys like all the beats that you hear on on these on these episodes, man, well, hit them up on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. Um, if you guys need any beats done, just hit him up. He'll take great care of you, like he always does with us. Yep, that boy spins. He's the one. He's the one that makes everything possible for us. For sure. So that is episode one thirty nine. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week. For episode 140, where we'll be previewing Syria and the Bundesliga. All right, take care, guys.